Welcome to Betamax Rewind, the only podcast I listen to that has no paid sponsorships whatsoever. Here are three guys who are about to perform a wobbly H and talk about dying hard. Matt, Doug, and Joey. And Joey being the middle part of the, the wobbly H. Uh-oh. So lucky, I, I, lucky Pierre. I, I gotta ask, so was there any question or did she actually know what a wobbly H was? She did not. I had to <laughs> describe it. Like, I had to act it out. Okay. Well. <laughs> with, with the dog? <laughs> no. Well, well, first of all... Just it, with... Go ahead. Just with uh, in, invisible people. Okay. <laughs> so it, it's Matt. And to Joey, I want to say... So, Doug, how are you doing? I'm great, man. I'm great. We're doing the precious. And Joey, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Is Joey, you are joining the, well, actually, it's not even Rarified Air. You are the first person to actually do a full podcast for the third time. Wow. And Honored. you are also the first person to do more than two with the two of us because there's been four people other than Doug and myself that have done at least two podcasts. But you were the first to do three, and you are the only one to do three, obviously, then with all of us. So before we get started, I, I wanted to just kind of throw this by you guys. Um, I guess I could actually use the... Pop quiz, hot shot. There's a thing that TV shows do, especially science fiction shows like Star Trek shows. They use uh, certain methods to save money one or two episodes a season because they have some episodes that are effects heavy. So they do one of two things that help like bring down the, the total cost across a season of episodes. Do you know what those are? Not a clue. Nope. Okay. The first one is what's called a bottle show. And a bottle show means that it is a show that is just done on the existing sets. No new sets are built. So like everything takes place, for example, on the bridge of the enterprise. And the other thing is what's called a clip show. Um, clip shows ah. are very common in like shows like Friends, for example. Seinfeld. There yep. you go. Uh, somehow, this is a clip show. <laughs> <laughs> and what? it's very, very clip heavy. And honestly, as I was going through this and I was pulling the clips and taking the clips that I got from you guys, there are things that I did not pull that I would have 100% pulled for any other movie. But there was just so much already there that... I just felt I, I had to make it as, as inobtrusive as possible, but I don't think I accomplished that. We we should have just played the movie and then added commentary. There's that many clips. It's pretty yeah. damn close. <laughs> it's pretty That's why I stayed out of the clip-grabbing game, because I figured you guys would have a ton. Yeah. There's a few. All right. There's a few. Right. But let's go ahead and jump into it. And now, it's time for Podcast Housekeeping. All right, Joey, your week. Got any housekeeping? <laughs> Maybe for no, no, I'm good. No, all right. <laughs> Actually, I'll go first, I, I do have one for Joey. Oh, you do? Yeah. So, did you listen to last week's podcast? I did. Okay. Did you know what I was talking about when I said that uh, John Boy was drinking from an orange that he got at Great America? <laughs> no. Oh wow. Okay. I, right. Honestly, that was the thing that made me happiest the entire week. <laughs> <laughs> So at Great America, you would buy a plastic orange that was about the size of a grapefruit, and it came with a green straw that you popped in the top, and it was just like orange drink. 
Wow. I haven't been there since 1993. Yeah. Well, I mean. They, I don't think they still have it. I would guess. They <laughs> don't. probably don't even. Yeah. Anyway. We lived less than a mile from there for years. Oh, in Gurney? Yeah. Okay. But go ahead, Doug. All right. Um, James Horner, his bio, he only had one Oscar. You, you've mentioned several times that he's had, he had two Oscars. Only one. Mm-hmm. Wikipedia it, said two. Okay. He was nominated for two, but nominated only won for one. like 10. Oh, okay. Well, uh, and he did die in a plane crash in 2015. Yes. Uh, Harrison Ford, Yellowstone series. Uh, we mm-hmm. talked about a couple times. Uh, it's actually 1923 is what it's called. Yeah. And it starts okay. next week, I think. I believe it does. I think it starts uh, because the first half of season five of Yellowstone ends and it's seven and seven, part one and part two. And I think that they're starting that one right, right away. Okay, so Yellowstone will be on hold while that one's playing? Yes. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that one bit. Well, it is what it is. Write your congressman. <laughs> How the, many are we in? Is it? Are we at four six, tomorrow? Six. We're at six. Six tomorrow. No, oh. seven tomorrow. No, is it? it's six tomorrow. And then the following week is the seventh, which is the last one of the first half. Right. Okay. The alien in Fred Flintstone is... Okay. Almighty Gazoo, I'd like a big juicy Bronte burger. Hey, it works. Yeah, I, 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 it came to me that it's Great Gazoo. Yes, is his name. Uh, you were correct, or I was correct. It is Sabermetrics, the thing that the Oakland A's use for baseball. You said Sabermetrics. I said baseball analytics. analytics. <laughs> yes, which we're both correct. I have a question for Joey that actually is something that has come up on the podcast a bunch of times, and I actually have some feedback about it, but what does the baseball analogy regarding sex mean to you? Like, what are your, what are the bases? What were the bases when you were growing up, or is that not something that you had? No, we had it. Um, Making out was first base, chesticles was second base, and... um. I guess genitalia play was third base and a home run was all the way. Okay. Okay. Doug, is this where you jump? Well, what's a blowjob? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think we've killed this se- um, segment. So I'm just staying out of it. All right, well, I did ask my 17 year old. Oh, oh, okay. And he, he was right in line with what I said it was. So no docking. <laughs> There's some conversations you just don't need to have. But along the same lines, apparently some of his friends have started listening to the podcast. I don't actually believe that. But if they do, you know, hello, stay in school, study, all that bullshit. Yeah, Uh, My friend Dan, who, Joey, you actually know because all all three of our kids played baseball together. Yep. He's He's doing an interesting way of listening. He's listening to an old one, and then he stays current with the new ones that come out. Okay. Okay. And, and there's I'm somebody done. new that I, I, I'd i never heard of before, Paul something. I have no idea. Right, Paul well, something. Yeah, yeah, I think he liked something on the Facebook page. Oh, all right. But uh, Dan, Dan says he finds himself yelling at the radio while he's listening. In what way? <laughs> the way that we're, that we're fucking shit up. And then he's oh, like, oh, yeah. and I'm, I'm really glad that you guys do housekeeping the following episode. Oh, you mean like it's the Tantive 4, not the Tantive 5? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> fuck off, Matt. <laughs> Yeah, I correct well, you guys a lot too. Well, why didn't you? Okay, what was my comment when you when you 
said that last Who's week. more foolish, the fool or the fool who doesn't correct him? Right. Which, again, that's just... <laughs> Paraphrasing Doug! From a very common phrase. Because I... It sticks in my head. I'm pretty sure that's wrong. But I don't... You know, when... It, there's... It's like with one of my kids. One of my kids says stuff that I know is wrong, but he says it with such a confident tone that it gives you pause. And you know that it's wrong, but the conviction that they're say, saying it with makes you think, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe all <laughs> the being, books are wrong. <laughs> you're being gaslit by your kid. Yeah, more or less. All right. All right. Whose turn? Is, is, is it back to my turn? Yeah, go ahead. Still, um, so this happens frequently that, well, why didn't we pull that clip for this movie? I'm sad. Hello, now. Nine, eleven, thirteen, fourteen. Down. Ten. Nine. Oh, Spaceball, yeah. Yeah. Six. Six. What happened to seven? Just kidding. I, I, I think you nailed it when you said you were twenty, twenty-five minutes away from the end of the movie, and you're just like, why can't this just fucking be over? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that could be why. Uh, Alien awesome. was released in 1979. Yes. I, I think we were vacillating between 78 and 79. I said 79. So the, the natives in Moby Dick mm-hmm. are Queequeg, Tashtigo, Dagu, and Fedela. And this is another clip that should have been pulled. Well, I guess we wouldn't have had it, but it made me think of this. Do you ever read Moby Dick? Cover to cover, babe. <laughs> Who saved Ishmael, Dion? Huh? Uh, nobody. It was Queequeg's uh, co- coffin. <laughs> it's the only reason I know that name. <laughs> <laughs> the bad Bruce Willis movie that I saw with Jim Scafido was Hudson Hawk. There's a lot of online debate about Hudson Hawk because Hudson Hawk is either seen as brilliant or just god-awful. I remember not liking it. I have not seen it since I saw it in the theater. I same here, and it's possible because I think I was coming off of Die Hard, my Bruce Willis Die Hard high. That when I saw Hudson Hawk, I was like, "What's this shit?" Yeah, actually, I'm. A but that bit- was also that was also when he was doing the oh Bruno Mars. No, not is it Bruno? Yeah, Bru- uh, Bruno. No, <laughs> Return of Bruno. Bruno Mars is, of- is somebody different. <laughs> yes, he does. What do you call it? What the fuck is that song? Uh Seagram's. Oh, yeah, I'm so hot, call the police. <laughs> no, but didn't he have like a Seagram's um, something time coolers? Like he had a wine cooler ad. I have no idea if he had I don't a wine cooler I remember that. Ad. Yeah, it was yeah. him and it was, well, Spuds McKenzie was obviously for Bud Light. Budweiser, yes. But yeah, Seagram's but no. something, yeah. Yeah, the return of Bruno was Bruce's, Bruce Willis's alter ego. And I had that tape. My mom bought me that tape. And I think... The song that got radio play was Under the Boardwalk. Oh, yeah, well, his rendition. Yeah, a remake of Under the Boardwalk. Um, was it as good as uh, Chris Gaines? Do you know who Chris Gaines is? Yeah, that's the Garth Brooks. Yeah, I, I think I have that album or that CD. I, I know I've never listened to it, but I know I, I probably have it. Okay. Uh, uh, first facet of the Nestor was actually in the first three Terminator films, not the first two. Okay, I knew that. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I sent you a text going, I did voice the text 
for writing down housekeeping clips. And one of my clips is ATM open and you didn't know what it was. Yes. I know you got excited. Yeah. <laughs> for a second, but it's actually this. In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. What, what did you think of the second theme song that they had? The second theme song? They changed their theme song for, I think it was their last season when they were actually working for the government. <clears throat> I would have to hear it because I don't recall. And actually, uh, the guy who who died and didn't like people taking him from behind in last week's movie was Robert Vaughn, was in that season of the 18. I believe he was. I believe he was like the CIA handler or Liaison. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um speaking of Robert Vaughn, we did talk about the Magnificent Seven, and I think twice I mentioned I'm gonna watch that movie. Yes. I didn't watch it. Okay. I didn't watch it. But I did say, okay, it's Yul Brenner, Steve McQueen. I said, I'm I, I think James Colburn is in it. And I also said, I said Henry Fonda is in it. He's not in it, but I I said one more name that I thought was in it. Do you remember who that was? No. Charles Bronson. Okay. Oh, yeah. I thought I, – I just kind of considered that a given. Yeah. Now, Joe, you had talked earlier about how you lived near Great America. Where did you grow up? I don't remember that. Brookfield, Wisconsin. Okay. So you at least are vaguely familiar with Oconomowoc. Mm-hmm. Yep. I live near there now. We were talking about last week about the hobby store at Whitman Park. Oh, Ben Franklin. <laughs> yeah. Ben Franklin, which I think was right next to a record store in the Little Professor bookstore. I don't think there was a record store there. There's the Chocolate Factory, which is still there. There Uh is a bookstore, which is Little Professor. Is that still there? Yeah. Ben Franklin went out of business. I would assume, yeah. Two years ago. Oh, that's it. It was post-COVID. Yeah, it was post-COVID. I can't believe it it hung out for that long. Yeah. Uh, Avatar did come out 13 years ago. You were correct on that. Uh, The porn guy whose name I could not come up with was Randy Spears. Okay. Uh, he's available for $60 on Cameo. Ah. Uh, and he actually did this, which we've talked about. Space. It's big. It's dark. It's spooky. These are the voyages of the Starship Intercourse, her crew's five-minute mission to spread the seed of humanity to any hot-looking babe in a spacesuit and to boldly come where no man has come before. Funny thing think, is, go, go ahead. Do you think he had a heater in between takes? <laughs> He's got a little bit of a voice, but the the funny thing about him being on Cameo is he it, when you go on Cameo and you've been on Cameo, mm-hmm. they say what they're famous for and they have like different categories. His category is voice actor because he, apparently huh. he does a voice for some cartoon show now. Well, now I'm going to have to look him up on IMDb. And then Sounds he, wholesome. And the other one from that movie was Evan Stone, another guy that if you saw him, you'd be like, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, okay. he looks like a gargoyle. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> okay. Um, that's all I got. No, it's not. It's not. What else do I have? Uh, copies of Die Hard. Oh, yeah. So you had mentioned that 
How many copies of Die Hard did you say you had? I, I, it's got to be at least six. Okay, but you and you had to, you had to get this one as well. You once took a train in Toronto to get a Canadian VHS copy of Die Hard. There was a rumor it was better sound quality. Get- <laughs> what is that from? That's Brooklyn Nine Nine, and that'll that. Have you ever seen Joey? Have you watched Brooklyn Nine Nine? I have not. Okay, he the the main character Jake Peralta loves Die Hard. He constantly references Die Hard. So. There's going to be a few more of those. There's, a, I believe there's an episode where they actually are in California and he makes them miss their plane because they have to go to the Fox Yo, building. That, that, that'll come up. That'll okay. Come up. <laughs> uh, Beth from Yellowstone was in season two of True Detective. Um, uh-huh. You were right and I was... Uh, um, there, are, there were a lot more episodes of Sex Lives of College Girls that are out. We will talk about that later. And then I have... It's time for Dogs I actually came up with a better song for that, but I can't I can't do it yet for reasons. But you know, here's your waffle from last week. Shad is just a boy. You think that was intentional? Mm. I do believe so. Yeah. This was this was on the coattails of Star Wars and the Empire Strikes Back. But the one guy, the old no, guy. I, no, no, I was talking about boy, like John Boy. Oh. No. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think he's supposed to be. There we go. There's my wall. Yeah, time clip that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's he's supposed to be our Luke Skywalker. It's like he just give them to me, Doc. I know. I know. Okay, and I actually was going to cut this segment for this week, but because we're going to be long anyway. But this segment takes two minutes, so it doesn't matter. Who did? Was it Doug or Max? Okay, so the first one is you. Hey, don't bring that don't don't bring that squirrel in here. This hawk <laughs> is its predator. <laughs> this is interesting. Let's see how this plays out. <laughs> Careful. Hawks and squirrels don't get along together. Ooh, another interesting confrontation. This could be spicy. Yeah, George, bring them over. Uh, no, you idiot. Hawks <laughs> eat squirrels. I mean, vaguely talking about the same thing, but mm-hmm. yes. that's that's about it. Uh, and so that was actually both of us. Uh, the next one is definitely just you. It will overload the whatever it is. I must warn you, Mr. Nelia, that will cause the cab to greet the short circuit. <laughs> Not even close. Nope. Uh, next one, I, I think you've done before, but I think it, it predates the, the, the time that we've had this particular segment. Let's do them. Let's wait, do wait, the wait. whole damn village. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's fucking do her, man. Let's do this whole fucking village. I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that you knew where that was from. We did that movie. I know we did, but you, we've done a lot of movies. You ever see a brain come apart like that? Actually, it's Skull, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, I think Is so. Full Metal Jacket? Platoon. Platoon, Platoon yeah. Okay, the next one is you, and it's not actually, it's not words, it, it's Doug doing sound effects. The soda. Clink, clink. Scotch. And soda. Just no. Just, no. Uh, the next one is you. Damn it, you killed us. You are an ass. You've killed us. You surprised I knew what that one was from too? Yeah, I knew you knew. I well, because we were talking about 
yes. that movie. Do you know what movie that's from, Joey? I don't. That's from uh, The Hunt for Red October. And I had a very, very painful movie-going experience when I went to see The Hunt for October. So we've talked about it several times. Uh, the next one is also you, Doug. Bling, bling, bling. I think that is the high moder- high water mark for this week. <laughs> is it? <laughs> At least so far it is. Uh, next one's you. Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. Well, come on, that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. Uh, finally, finally, I get into I get into the game. Mudhole, my home. This is mudhole, slimy, my home. This is. Except for the fact I miss slimy, I'm going to uh-huh. give myself that one. I think that was actually pretty solid. That was pretty good. Uh, next one is also me. Burn. Burn. Eh. And then the last one is both of us. You hide my clothes. I'm going to wear everything you've got. You hide my clothes, I'm wearing everything you own. <laughs> Could I be wearing more clothes? Maybe if I wasn't going commando. Uh, 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 uh. Could I be wearing any more clothes? <laughs> Maybe if I wasn't going commando. <laughs> so we got a third party here. Yeah. What do you say, who won, Joey? Who won, Joey? Oh, you guys are tied? No, no. We're just saying you're impartial. I know what I think. Doug probably knows what he thinks, but what do you think? Uh, I'll go Doug. And there has been Doug. You just got beat by Doug. I disagree with that. I'll take it. Okay. (laughs) I would have, I would have said it was a tie. Personally, I would have said (laughs) it was a tie. That's what I thought. That's why I said that. Oh, all right. Uh, and then the last thing before we move on is, Doug, you mentioned text-to-speech earlier t- in the po- in the podcast. And I think it was earlier today, or it might have been yesterday. Probably was yesterday. I think, I think yesterday. <laughs> you sent me something, and, and I just sent you back, is that English? <laughs> it was <laughs> really I, bad. I couldn't make out what you were trying to say. It was really bad. <laughs> and then what did you say to that? I don't even remember. Uh, you said it reminded you of this. Well, I'm Ross. I'm Ross. I'm too good for the hut. I'm too good for the hut. Yeah. yeah, because I said, oh, I'm Matt. I never screw up text messages. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Hey, man, what's new now? What's fucking new now? So I will actually cede the floor to Joey here, I know I don't expect you to tell us everything that's happened in the last year, but why don't you br- kind of bring us up to speed on what's been going on? Man, uh, a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> Kids well, a year older, and oh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna interject there because I learned something new about Joey this week. So Joey's gotten right now. Joey's going. Oh, he said he wasn't going to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So, I'm going to be honest with you. This is a topic I didn't think we were going to cover today. It's been a long uh, time since so I got to use that one. Joey, Joey's having his basement redone, mm. and he's got workers there. And I, and I find out found out that Joey makes them moist. <laughs> that was uh, also another speech text gap. Yeah. <laughs> and what he said, um, I'm not going to be able to get the clips done today because I got workers here and they're moist. I got moist workers here. So you walking around in a speedo again, man? <laughs> I don't know how loud translated into moist, but it did. Yeah. 
No, okay, I, carry on, Joey. Yes. Carry on. Well, yeah, we are getting our basement redone, finished, and I don't know, just gearing up for holidays. I've been spending this whole week doing a lot of diehard prep. Um, this is the easy part about the whole thing. And other than that, just playing guitar and trying to write music. And You put anything... Because you had stuff that was available on Bandcamp or something like that, right? Yeah, there's some stuff. Um, there's a there's a new compilation of some uh, like a whole bunch of friends of mine from Chicago that they do one a year, and they're doing one um, uh, featuring Nirvana songs or uh, Radiohead songs rather. And I was thinking about adding something to that, um, but as you'll hear later, I shouldn't be singing it. <laughs> doesn't stop me. <laughs> no, it doesn't stop me either. <laughs> Uh, but fans of the band will, will probably not agree with my Tom York impression. See, I, I've done, I think, one Nirvana song. And the hardest part about Nirvana songs to do it is to have it be unintelligible, but still be understandable at the same time. Mm-hmm. It, it's, a, it's a very thin line between stupid and clever. You know, it's just trying to find that, thread that needle of, you know, having kind of that, that voice effect that he has, but still have being able to understand what it is he's actually saying. Because if, when I go through songs, I actually look up what the real lyrics are. And sometimes I'm shocked at what they are. I, this is a song I've been singing along to for 30 years and I had no idea what the fucking lyrics were. Yeah. I did a Nirvana song on one of those compilations and it was all instrumental just cause there's no way. And, uh, I'm not a lyrics person either. Just like, you know, I never thought, Excuse me while I kiss this guy, but I, you know, have misunderstood lots of wrapped up like other a douche. Lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. I hear you. Okay, I will start. Uh, the The Betamax Rewind curse has struck again. <laughs> yeah. So that's why a little bit in in fear for Bruce Willis over the next couple of weeks. But Kirstie Alley died, um, in the last week after a two day battle with cancer. Yeah, it was awfully short, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that ass cancer, it can come up from behind you. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't know it was two days. I, I don't well, I, Actually, I don't even think it was two days. I think she found out and she died the next day. I don't know about that. I don't know how you... I mean... How do you not know? Yeah. I mean, when your butt hurts after you're pooping or you're not pooping or blood's coming out. Those are abnormal. <laughs> <laughs> Better make a call. Yeah. <laughs> All right, carry on. Speaking of poop, <laughs> um, our our cleaning lady has not been able to come the last several times because she's she has some stuff that she's doing, holidays, whatever, so she hasn't been able to come. So we've had to take on the cleaning lady's, um, you know, things that she does, cleaning the bathrooms, vacuuming, whatever. And because she couldn't come? Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> that's a whole different thing. But <laughs> I got admonished, um, hey- Next time you destroy the bathroom, please clean it up. (laughs) (laughs) God. Like, how do you know it was me? (laughs) Because I listened to your podcast. (laughs) Oh, God. All right. Why don't you go ahead, Doug? I have a bunch. Okay. Um, So this this was concert week at our school. And Joey, you only had one concert to go to. Yep. I had three concerts to go to because I the same concert that Joey's boy is in. <clears throat> and then my oldest is in choir and in band. So I'll just go through, you know, 
a bullet point of something that happened at each concert. At the first concert, the uh, the concert, Joey, that your son was in, I was waiting for my mom out in the hallway, well, literally minutes before the concert's supposed to start. And there's this lady with short blonde hair. If you saw her, Joey, you would probably go, you'd be like, yeah, I've seen her before. And okay. she is just chewing out who I think is her ex-husband. She's got her kid by the hand and she's just reaming him out. Like, don't you lie to him. Don't you lie. And this dad is trying to like, come here, buddy. Come here, buddy. And the, the kid is like, fuck off, dad. I mean, it was, it was, it was kind of surreal to see something like that in school because people usually don't air their dirty laundry out at that place. Well, um, also, you know, and, I'm far from perfect, but one of the things I've always respected about certain people who get divorced, get separated, whatever, is the ones that, sorry about my dog, that keep it away from the kids, you know, Mm -hmm. yell at them, do whatever you're going to do, but that kid is still your mom or that kid is, that person is still your kid's mom or your kid's dad. And, you know, don't, don't wreck that for them. Oh, both of my parents talked poorly about each other right in front of me it was like the worst possible thing that you could do to a kid in that situation and it gave me a completely warped sense of relationships and how people communicate it was i should have gone to counseling which i never did i probably still should go um and then another guy that i ran into for some reason he said that i should run for mayor i'm like um yeah we're a village man we don't have a mayor he's like well run for the village board and then Change the law and become mayor. Like, okay. Mayor. <laughs> and then the second night concert, we've talked about vacation, Doug. How that, that guy's a real cocksucker. Yep. Um, vacation Doug, your podcast Doug, River Doug. When, yes. When, when the, the, the wife is running late and, and now you've got running late, Doug, that guy's even more of a cocksucker. Um, so we ran, we, but we got there on time because I didn't want to get a shitty seat. I hate, I hate, Joey, you like sitting up in the bleachers for some reason. Actually, we sat, we stood on the side. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, it was so packed. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the third night, which was the band concert, my dad came to. And we got front row seats because we got there super early, right in front of the jazz band, which was fucking phenomenal. And I saved seven seats for my mother-in-law. You my were mom. that fucking guy. You heard yeah, that was, guy. <laughs> well, no, there were, there was, there was, there was five of us sitting there. And, and so, you know, on either side of my dad's seat was an empty seat. I, I just didn't have like five coats over the, the seven chairs. Oh, I thought that's what you meant. It was just like no. you and then you, you laid out like, okay, my wallet's on this chair. My phone's on this <laughs> chair. <laughs> no, no, no. We were all sitting, we were just waiting for my mom and my stepdad. So my dad was sitting there and he had an empty seat on top, on, on either side of him. So when, my mom and stepdad walked in. I said to my dad, hey, dad, could you move over one? And instead of moving over the way that I thought he was going to, he moved the other way, which put him directly next to my missus. And when we got home, she came up to me in the kitchen with just this stern look on her face. And she goes, I don't know why you're mad at me or what I did, but that was the absolute worst punishment in the world to have you, your dad sit next to me. Because what he does is he's constantly like elbowing you or touching your leg or putting his hand in front of your eyes like, hey, look at that. Hey, look at that. Hey, look at that. Oh, hey, it's your kid. Yeah, I fucking know it's my kid. And then he'll make 
inappropriate comments about seventh and eighth grade girls. Like, oh my God, look at the legs on her. Oh wow, look at her, her pants are really tight. Like, and you know, he doesn't know how to have a, a quiet voice. So everybody around you can kind of hear what he's saying. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, I always, usually I try to have him sit next to me because I'll be like, Hey man, Hey man, <laughs> knock it off. You can't say that. And he'll, cause he forgets. He forgets that he can't talk that way in public. He's 80 years old. I have to remind him, Hey man, you can't talk that way. Oh, okay. Sorry. 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 And then he'll usually shut up. But my missus didn't have the intestinal fortitude to do that because she didn't know what kind of consequences she would be dealing with. So, um, and then a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the, uh, um, I'll show you game that my wife plays. Remember yeah, that, Matt? Yeah. That didn't work out well. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, and I think it was, it was earlier this week. It was earlier this week that she said something about, my example of I'll show you. And she's like, yeah, I listen to the podcast sometimes. <laughs> but it wasn't a bad, I, I was not going to give an example because I figured that you were going to say, oh yeah, she, my wife plays out the I'll show you game as well. So she gave me a better example that made a little bit more sense. Like if we were banging and I said, Hey, you should shave your legs. They're a little hairy. And she says, Oh, I don't have time. And then she just lets them go until they're like totally gnarly. That's the I'll show you game. No, the, what she should do is <laughs> if, if you say that and she's okay, well, I'm going to show him. I, I will shave my legs. I'll shave my pussy. I'll shave my butthole. <laughs> that would show you. That would show me. Yeah. Yes. Cause you would hate that. Yeah. I'm sure I would hate. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But that's about it. That's all I've got. Okay. So we've talked on this podcast many times about how I'm poor and I have a, a perfect example of this is I wear dress shoes to work, which that in and of itself does not make me poor, but dress shoes tend to have kind of shitty shoelaces. Are they New Balance dress shoes? No, they're not. And I actually <laughs> did get new shoes this week and they were Nike. So fuck you, Doug. <laughs> I almost sent you a picture of them because my wife was getting me shoes. She's like, what kind do you want? I'm like, I don't care as long as they're not New Balance. <laughs> Just can't deal with the hassle. But... With dress shoes, the shoelaces are shitty and they will break. So what do you do when your shoelaces break? You buy new shoelaces. No, you, you find an old pair of shoes that you haven't thrown out and you scavenge. So that oh, okay. You, oh All right. So they're close. They're close enough. All right. Um, I don't and know if you, you guys you ever want- take wa- those shoelaces in your Porsche to work? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. <laughs> yeah. The Porsche is in storage right now. Yeah. Uh, but- you had talked about how, you know, the I'll show you thing. And like I said, that didn't work out great for me. But there was, I was sick this week. And I, I was sick to the point where it was touch and go whether or not I was going to be able to actually do the podcast because I knew how much prep there was to do. And I didn't actually finish watching it until last night. So I was up late last night doing stuff. But one of the things I was supposed to do this week was I was supposed to go pick up my kid at school for winter break. And when you turn 50... There are certain medical things that become available to you that are not available before you turn 50. Um, amongst them is the shingles vaccine. Mm-hmm. And the shingles vaccine, you have to get in two stages. You have to get one, then you have to get another one three months down the road. I got the last one three months, four months ago, whatever. And then I didn't want to do this, but I just 
I went and got the sh- the stupid vaccine because it would get my wife off my back about the fact that I, I got it. I got the shingles, shingles vaccine, the second one, on Wednesday. I thought I was going to die Wednesday night. I was, I had the shakes so bad that when I went to piss, it was touch and go where it was going to go. <laughs> and the next morning, I'm like, I can't go get him at school. I just can't. I, I can't drive like this. And she's like, you're really that sick? I'm like, yeah, you did this to me. You forced okay, me to so get you the are, shot. So you were sick because of a vaccine. You yes. were sick like you had the flu or a cold or something like no, that. No, it was because of the, it was a reaction to the vaccine. Hmm. So. Wow. Okay. It was bad. And she actually, my wife had a similar reaction to the same vaccine when she got it two years ago or three years ago now. She's 53. I thought uh, she would have gotten it like 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Tread lightly. Tread lightly. I don't know if you ever well, seen. Well, my my wife just got her HPV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't get that at once you're over like seventeen. <laughs> well, she's with you. I mean, no, nope. that well, ship has no, sailed. I mean, <laughs> she's yeah. got the HPV no matter what. Right. No, I mean, my son just got his HPV, his second HPV, and he's thirteen. So no, but you, you get can't. It. You can you can get it when you're younger, but you can't get it beyond a certain age. The vac- the vaccine. Right. Yes. Right. I don't know if you've ever watched any TV shows where they will have social media stuff that will pop up on the bottom of the screen, like people mention them in a Twitter feed or mm-hmm. something like that. No. So there mm-hmm. was a, a game games award show, like for video games that was on. And one of the promotions they were doing is they were giving away these, uh, they weren't Nintendo Switches, but they were Nintendo Switch-like devices called a Steam Deck. And... You had to send them a tweet, and then they would pop up on the screen every couple minutes. You know, so and so won a Steam Deck. Guess who won the first Steam Deck? You, Milf Hunter. <laughs> Milf Hunter. Yeah, because oh. it's whatever your your Twitter name is. Okay, awesome. <laughs> okay, um, last time we talked, last podcast I talked about how you know a lot of talk about Ohio State, and thank God they weren't in the playoffs. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They yeah. back their way into the playoffs, and they will play Georgia. Uh, along the same lines, uh, Ohio sports former starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns was released for, by Carolina and immediately signed with Los Angeles, was on the team for about two days and led a really cool fourth quarter comeback at the end of the game. I saw that. So that's what this podcast has become, weather and sports. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know where to go with that. Yeah. Uh, awesome. awesome. Two, two last things. Uh, after I got done with working on the podcast prep last night, I went to bed. It was, it was kind of late. And my wife was snoring so bad that I just could not sleep. And this morning, I, or actually at noon when I got up, she's like, what time did you come to bed? I'm like, I don't know, like four. And I couldn't sleep anyway because you were snoring so loud. She, she's like, couldn't sleep. You should have just masturbated, and then you could have slept. I'm like, I couldn't masturbate. You were snoring too loud. <laughs> Throw off my imagination <laughs> <Yeah>. cycle. <laughs> and, and the last thing is, uh, we don't like to get political, but I'm going to dip my toe in here a little bit. Uh, Brittany Grenier was released from a Russian prison. She was traded for a convicted arms trafficker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't care what your politics are. 
I'm not saying that she should have been in a Russian gulag, but sometimes, you know, the juice just is not worth the squeeze. It's not worth the price they paid, especially when there are other Americans that have been there longer that probably deserve to be rescued, if you will, more. The report was <clears throat> that it was her or nothing. So, well, if they can uh, play hardball, so can we. Yeah. And, but, uh, yeah. Bill, Bill Burr does a great comedic a bit about how women have failed the WNBA. How, yes. You know, there's this disparaging, disparagey. Is that the word? No. Disparagey? No. That's not a word. <laughs> so it's, it's not the word because no. it's not a word. <laughs> um, disparity. The, what, what, disparity. Disparity. Thank you. Between men and women's salaries and, and athletics. And he, he talks about that. Well, the advertisers go where the money is and you women like watching each other beat up on each other on the Kardashians and the real housewife shows, which I have not watched five seconds of either one of those. I have seen but the only thing I've seen any of the Kardashians in was not keeping up with the Kardashians. Yes. It yeah, had Ray J in it. <laughs> yes. Yep. That's the only thing I've seen the Kardashians in as well. So yeah. Sorry, women. You're the ones that have failed the WNBA and, and women's soccer, because you rather have your eyeballs somewhere else where women are not kind to each other. And I'm sorry, I do have one last thing and then we can get to the next thing I promise. But I, I had to go to the post office today to mail a Christmas package to our cleaning lady because she's not coming back. So she couldn't get it. So my wife wanted me to mail it for her. And I was kind of a little bit put off by the fact that I had to go to the post office because the post office this time of year is not a place that you can just get in and get out of. But mm -hmm. as it turned out, it ended up being a good thing because I was standing in line behind a woman who possibly had the hottest ass I've ever seen in real life. <laughs> yeah. And it was uncomfortable though. Not, not for me, for everybody around me because I was jerking off in the post office, but <laughs> no, but it was, she was wearing these camo um, yoga pants and, Chef's kiss. Oh, just amazing. So, anyway, let's move on. Matt and Doug are at it again. Guess that sound and you are awesome. What movie will it be from? I really want to know. Okay, Joey, your show. Um, any lead-in for the clip? Uh, no, the reveal is not an actual reveal it's just the first movie that came to my my head um it's i don't know it's an 80s movie it's okay. a classic i you guys have talked about it not this movie before but um see if you can guess all right i'm so sorry boys has been a terrible mistake uh, uh howie is going to say something to you aren't you howie i'm going to get you out of this as quickly as possible howie now say come on now say your little thing. i'm sorry i took the money That's i'm sorry i took the money i'm sorry that's fine. Now, boys, all the money is here. Come on, Howie. And I just want to apologize so, to you so again and tell you how I'm sorry I am about the mistake. And if there's anything at all I can do for you, please don't hesitate to ask. Come along, Howie. Time for your lobotomy. 
Well, it's Paul Rubens. Mm-hmm. The only thing I know that he's been in is Pee Wee Herman and Blow. So Pee Wee Herman, or Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Big Top Pee Wee. He was in Cheech and Chong's Nice Dreams. Ding, ding, ding. Is that it? Yep. Okay, I'll play the reveal. <laughs> All right. I'm not sorry I took the money. He was also in, I think, either Meatballs or Meatballs 2. He plays a bus driver in one of those two. Oh, all right. All right so, ready to get on to the movie itself? Yes. All right. Let's go. You need any lead-in to your bed? No. All right. So, before your bed, two things. Uh, I think both of you were confused by the Mr. Falcon reference mm-hmm. I put out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it now. Okay. So when a movie is put on broadcast TV, a movie like Goodfellas or Die Hard, obviously there's a lot of editing that has to happen in order for it to come on, put be put on broadcast television. And this is actually from the end of Die Hard 2. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't also even in, sell, uh, it's always does, sunny doesn't even it's always like sunny Bruce use Willis. that too oh okay. did they yeah danny devito said it and you know i i know doug you've been going through uh older movies with i think your oldest son you were talking about beverly hills cop and beverly mm-hmm. hills cop too yeah what about what about die hard um it's gonna be one that we're gonna watch so i that asked would- my two kids 19 and 17 if they had seen die hard um the 19 year old had and the 17 year old had not and it reminded me of this an alien army shooting people what am i doing it's a small group of alien terrorists just do a die hard what does that mean sneak around use air vents you've never seen die hard i'm 17 no i've never seen fucking die hard well neither did the guy in die hard so you're nailing it good luck okay Doug, you should know what that is since I sent you a link to it. You did? I Well, I sent you a post. I That's from Rick and Morty. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't watch it. Okay. It, it, the whole thing is basically about Die Hard, more or less. Oh, all right. Which was very timely because I watched it this week. But let's go ahead and listen to The Bed. We are to arrive She don't like, she don't 
Die Hard was released on July 12th and 15th, 1988. The screenplay was written by Jeb Stewart and Stephen E. DeSouza. The film was directed by John McTiernan, who is also known for Predator and The Hunt for Red October. Die Hard stars Bruce Willis as John McLean, who is best known for his classic The Return of Bruno LP from 1987. Die Hard also <laughs> stars Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber, and is perhaps best known for his role as Snape in the Harry Potter series. Bonnie Bedelia plays John's wife, Holly, who is best known for playing this role. Reginald Vell Johnson plays Sergeant Al Powell and is also known for having sired Urkel in the TV series Family Matters. The movie cost between $25 and $35 million to make and scored around $140 million at the box office. Die Hard has a Rotten Tomato score of 94 with both critics and audiences. All right, so first of all, he didn't sire Urkel. He was Urkel's next-door neighbor. Was he really? Yeah, and yes. I didn't even watch that show. <laughs> yeah. I never watched that show. He was supposed to be just Hail. a bit player, and uh, um, it morphed into a larger character. Yeah, they, they loved him. But I got to say... Mm-hmm. Yeah, high production value, my man. I'm done. I'm out. Thanks, guys. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have to do another bed. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> All right. Matt, did you see this in the theater? I saw this in the theater when it was originally released at least three times. And I've seen it in the theater a handful of times since then on like classic movie night. So, yes, I have. All right. And you, Joey? I have only seen this once before this. And it was wow. uh, on VHS in 1990. A, a friend of mine and I, he, he was kind of more hip on. 80s movies and we watched that um, amongst others was it yeah, at least letterbox or was it a pan and scan couldn't tell you man yeah i saw it in the theater with my friend chad and he was driving um because he was a little bit older he was a year older than me uh and i remember coming back and we were in we were pulling it we we're in the subdivision i'm like come on hurry up man i have to poop and he just stopped the car <laughs> <laughs> just to be a dick and and I'm like, come on, go. And he's like, no, I'm not going to go. He's totally fucking with me. And so I got out and started running down the road. And he was just driving alongside of me. <laughs> like peewee? Yeah. Porkies. Yeah. Total dick move. So Joey said the la- he this is only the second time he's seen it, which that blows my fucking mind. Uh-huh. Right. Second and third. Uh, and w- so when was the last time you saw this, Doug? Man, it's been a while. I mean, I, there's nothing. There was nothing. There was no great revelation in this movie of wow. I don't. I didn't remember that because I've seen it so many times. But it's been a while. There was one thing I caught I never caught before, and I actually have a question about it, and we'll come up when we get to it. But I, I know I've seen this film in the last in the last year. I'm not a. I have to watch this every year at Christmas because I know a lot of people. They say it's not. It's not officially Christmas until Hans Gruber falls off the Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah. So is it a Christmas movie or not? That is a great question. Die hard. Die hard. John McClane and his wife. Part is a movie. About Christmas, no, it's not. and here is how I know 
There's a fire that brightly burnt, a party where everyone's turned, and Ellis's drugs are kind of like the snow. <laughs> okay. So yeah, it's a Christmas movie. I would say it's definitely a Christmas mu- movie, and that actually came up in my household um, as we were watching this. But as you were going through the different things, um, you mentioned Bonnie Bedelia, best known for this. I would say probably not best known for this, but she was actually picked for this role by Bruce Willis after he saw her in the movie Heart Like a Wheel, which where she played a professional race car driver, kind of like Danica oh, Patrick, except she actually won races. And she was deaf. Oh, was she deaf? Yes. Really? She's a drag. Yeah, it was, a, it was a, uh, about a deaf chick that she wasn't a race car driver. She did like drags, dragsters, you know, like funny cars. Yeah, but the Danica Patrick joke doesn't work if I say she's a drag racer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But um, I would say that Bonnie Bedelia, the, the role I best associate with her, most associate with her, is actually presumed innocent. With Harrison Ford? Yes. She's in that? I thought that was Ann Archer. No, Ann Archer was in Hunt for Red October. Wait, wait. Uh, 4710. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen Needful Things with Ed Harris and Max von Sydow? I read the book. Bonnie Bedelia? No. She, re- has, very, no. she has arthritis. It's a great movie. I saw it stoned out of my gourd in the theater. Uh, I've never seen any of these movies. You've never seen? Uh, not going to... Uh, presumed innocent. That's a fucking mind fuck at the end of the film. Yeah, remember the, the Imler? Do you remember the Imler raids? Yes, I remember the yes. Imler raids. The senior year Imler raid. I went and saw Presumed Innocent, and and the cops had to call both my dad and my girlfriend's mom. Oh, to confirm to, that to confirm my alibi that I I was at Presumed Innocent and not on an Imler raid. And. Actually, going back to last week, Jen asked me how I felt about your statement of the first one of your tribe turning 50. <laughs> and I just kind of walked away with sad Hulk music. Uh-huh. <laughs> one had a sad jerk. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Um, Joy, do you snow blow your driveway or do you have somebody professionally plow it? I do it. Okay. Did, did your snowblower have a weak prostate yesterday? Totally. Wet snow. <laughs> yeah. Or it's just coming out like... Bleh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I it killed it like four times. I uh-huh. start. Yep, that sucked. Yeah. But All right. Do you have anything else about Bonnie Bedelia, Doug? No, she'll she'll come up. She'll oh, okay. Come up a little bit later. But uh, you uh, director was John McTiernan, who also directed the third Die Hard film, and also did time in prison for um, <laughs> blackmailing people, and did Predator. Yes, he said Predator. He did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. All right. So the movie, movie starts, starts. 20th Century Fox, full fanfare. Uh, full fanfare. Got some stock footage of a 747 coming down that we've seen a thousand times. Yeah. But what time of day is the plane landing at? Early morning. Yeah, that'd be my guess. No, it would be late Dusk. afternoon. Oh, late afternoon. <laughs> yeah. This movie was supposed. Okay, hold on. Shit. Where is it? Where's my phone? Um, did you know that this movie was based on a book? Yeah, it was book. It was based. It was actually a sequel. It was the sequel, the Roderick Thorpe book, "Nothing Lasts Forever." Yes, which serves as the basis for this was a sequel to the book, the film "Detective," which starred Frank Sinatra as Joe Leland. 
and he was contractually, they had to offer him this role. Oh, they did? Yes, because they said if they make a sequel to The Detective, which this technically is, they they contractually had to offer it to Frank Sinatra, and he turned it down along with just about everybody that was a known actor at the time. Yeah, except for John Travolta. They wanted to give it to John Travolta, but they said, nah, he's kind of a has-been. And he's like, who? <laughs> what? <laughs> My hand. <laughs> but in, in the book, in, in the book, this movie takes it takes place over three days, and he's visiting his daughter who dies at the end. Right, and she's also got a drug problem, I believe. Uh, I don't know about the drug problem, but this, I mean, so the book is more has to do more with terrorists, and they were literally writing this script as they were going with this movie. And and there and, are some things. There's a couple like continuity errors that happened because the the f- script was not completed when they were filming some of the scenes so there's some things in it they actually come up fairly early in the film that don't mesh with what happens at the end oh but with the with the the truck um, yeah and being the a 15 foot trunk yeah right but the plane is landing at magic hour and that's important for a reason um uh, because magic hour is just where you have that those golden brown kind of like as the sun is setting type thing. Mm-hmm. But we go onto the plane and we see somebody is, who's wearing a wedding ring is gripping the seat and the person next to him strikes up a conversation. You don't like flying, do you? Because you're not, I did. You want to know the secret to surviving air travel? After you get where you're going, take off your shoes and your socks. Then you walk around on the rug barefoot and make fists with your toes. Fists with your toes? <laughs> I know, I know. It sounds crazy. Trust me, I've been doing it for nine years. Yes, sir. Better than a shower and a hot cup of coffee. <laughs> okay. And he's getting up, getting this stuff out of the overhead compartment. And the guy sees his gun. It's okay, I'm a cop. Trust me. I've been doing this for 11 years. So the way this, this is structured is kind of brilliant because it gives us the fact that he's a cop. It gives him, us the fact that he's armed. It also gives a reasonable explanation for a big thing that drives part of the plot with his feet because otherwise it would be hard to actually rationalize uh, why he he's you know in bare feet for the right. entire film? Do you know what kind of pistol he's carrying? What he, what kind of heat he's packing? I know it's a famous gun. It's a Beretta ninety two F, which when I was twenty one and bought my first gun, it was because of Die Hard. <laughs> no, I, when I say it's a famous gun, I don't mean that the model is a famous gun. I mean that particular gun has been in a lot of films. Oh yeah, it's well, it's what um, what's his face. Uh, Mel Gibson carries in Lethal Weapon. Right. So, yeah, the 92F. I mean, most of them, I bought a 40 caliber variation just because the guy at Gander Mountain said, you'll be happier with a 40 caliber. But they all carry 9 millimeters, which carries a lot more ammo, but it's not as much stopping power. Are you a gun guy, Joey? No, I, I just guitars, man. <laughs> it's not as much stopping power. No. <laughs> 
Okay. No. So, but he's in the luggage area. What's he do? What's the first thing that he does? Lights up a heater. Lights a heater. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I was going to do a count of how many heaters he had in this movie, but it's really not that many. I actually, this reminded me of, I've, I've smoked in an airport exactly one time. I mean, not, that's not true. I've smoked in the general area of an airport one time. I've smoked in like the smoking areas of airports multiple times, but just walking around in like the general area where everybody can be, I've only done it one time. Doug, you should know where this was. Uh, Was this in Frankfurt, Germany? Yeah. Okay. First thing I did when we landed in Germany. (laughs) Lit up a heater? Because you could. Mm-hmm. And you at that point in the U.S. you could not, yeah, never smoked on a plane, but but no, I I mean I would as a kid I remember the armrests having ashtrays. Some of them you, still do for some of the older mm-hmm. planes. Oh, yep, all right. But okay. you know I I I never flew. I don't think when you actually still could smoke on planes. I don't no, know when don't they so. they cut that off. I didn't even fly until I was twenty eight. Really? Yep. Wow. And where was the first place that you flew? Uh, Outer Banks, North Carolina. Okay. All right. And now today you'd be like, fuck that. We're driving to the Outer Banks because <laughs> it's only like 12 hours. I'd much rather drive the 12 hours than dick around with flying and connecting. Getting and a rental car. All the bullshit that is ends up being 10 hours of your day anyway. Yeah. Yeah. See more so, of the country that way. You sure do, but you, we cut to a party. Um, is this where we're introduced to Takagi? Yeah, Takagi is shaking yep. hands. Yeah, and for a while, I thought his name was Dick Kagi. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Kagi. Kagi. Yeah, because she says that, Bedelia says that sometime later on, and it really sounds like she says Dick Kagi, but... Uh, he has a speech to give, and he talks about this is the greatest the greatest years of the Nakatomi Corporation. What is it that the Nakatomi Corporation is? Are they a Sony-type company? No, I don't think so. There was, I think they, they do just development because the models that we see later on in Indonesia yeah. and elsewhere, I, I think – I don't think they're a construction company, I, but I think they're a developer. It's just because he does say the thing about tape decks, but maybe that was more just a general Japanese thing. Yes, it was. But Um, some lady is still working, and and who is it that's working still? Some pregnant broad. Oh, and somebody else as well. Oh, well, Holly. Right. Yeah. And and she's got got the the curly red hair and the – what is it? Is that like a a maroon jacket, a red jacket? I, I did not pay attention to her attire. So I okay. have no Saw idea. Some shoulder pads. No, well, there's definitely 80s. some shoulder pads. Actually, there's later, some shoulder pads in in some of the guys' suits as well. I believe. Yeah, and later on, she loses a button. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. They're nice and round and smooth. Um. But now, yeah, now I now my my Bonnie Bedelia clip. Are you dressed like Bonnie Bedelia and Die Hard? I am. For sexy reasons. Oh, boy. Man, you really got the hair exactly right. Did you contact the onset hairstylist, Paul Abascal? No. That's, I, I, I would have known that before now, but that is obviously Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes. And, uh, but her secretary is pregnant, and 
we see Ellis and Ellis is hitting on her. And uh, do you know who it was that played Ellis? I don't remember if you said that in the opening, Joey. I didn't. Uh, Hart, I Brock, Hart Brockner. But his, Hart. his story is a little bit interesting because his character was written a different way than he actually acted. And the I think it was there were some producers that were on set because McTiernan was not happy with the portrayal that the guy was giving of Ellis. But there were some producers on set and they loved it. And they said, you know, feed into that. Just make it, you know, amp that up. Do more of that. But the secretary is pregnant and she asks if the baby is it going to be OK with one drink. And that baby could serve 10, ten bar. But yeah, he's he wants her. He wants to have dinner with her, and she keeps on shutting him down. Yeah, she blows Alice off, and she calls home, and mm-hmm. we, we get the introduction of her kids. And these introductions are brilliant, because just like some of the movies we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, with Khan especially, it, it's setting up those dominoes. And this film is very good about paying stuff off. And uh, they have a housekeeper and the daughter asks about her dad, but Holly is noncommittal. And Holly wants to know if John called, and the housekeeper says this. No, no, no. I was wondering if you're going to pull that out. I was hoping so. But she, Holly tells her to make up the spare bedroom. And then she turns around, sees the family picture of all four of them, and puts it down. So you can't see it any longer. Why? Okay, I... I for the sake of plot, it makes sense. It's important that it's it's face down. It would make more sense if she put the picture down in 10 minutes after they have kind of their their fight. Yes. It does not make sense for her to put the picture face down here because he hasn't done anything wrong here. Right. Now, now right. Joey, tell me this. Her whole thing about her conceit of uh, making up the spare bed. Oh, wow. Joey, did you catch it? <laughs> oh. No. Get a cum bubble. Yeah, there's it's coming oh. on. Um her 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 whole thing about making up the spare bed, that is the equivalent of you know being half pregnant. You know, <laughs> you're in or you're not. I, I don't think you can expect your husband to stay in the spare bed. Well, she's doing I, she's well, I'm sorry. You know what? Sorry, Joey, I was interrupting you. Just in case the I I guess the kids would you know, they want to know if daddy's coming home. Yeah, but I would think if he's staying home, I mean, he might be t- not, he might not be taking her to Pound Town, but they're married. They have kids. They can share a bed in just a, well, in a married way, with a non sexual way. With it just seems silly to me, the whole idea of the spare bed, but maybe he snores. Well, yeah. yeah. Can, can you sleep in a different bed if the, if they do that? Is that allowed? Asking for a friend? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. It's, I, there's been times where I've gone out on the couch, uh, and then there's been times where she's left the room as well. It happens. But Yeah, I snore. We go back to LAX, and we are introduced to a Betamax Rewind mainstay, Argyle. No, not yet. Yeah, there's he's a holding a with, sign. Oh, there's a chick with yoga pants, which... Now, if you would, if you saw that, it'd be like, yeah, they're they're all over the place, man. Some look better than others, but this chick had a great ass, and they're white yoga pants. As uh, Playboy he, model, I, she was a playmate. Was she? Yes. All right. Uh, and I think it's he says this two or three times where he's like, ah, oh, California. Right. Mm-hmm. 
But John has a we see can I talk about Argyle now? Yes, now you can talk about Argyle. Argyle <laughs> is holding a sign and John has a bear and Argyle actually is not much of a limo, limo driver as you'll find out here. Okay. Argyle, what do we do now? I was uh, hoping you could tell me. It's my first time driving a limo. Uh, it's okay. It's my first time riding in one. Relax. We got everything in this mug, man. Look at this. CD, CB, TV, telephone, full bar, VHS. <laughs> if your friends have to trot, you know a few mama bears we can hook up with. <laughs> or is he married? He's married. Okay. He lights up a heater here, oh, by the way. Sorry about that. It's a girl's day off. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to sit up front. So, uh, your lady live out here? About the past six months. Meaning you still live in New York? You always ask us many questions, Argyle. <laughs> Sorry, man. I used to drive a cab, and uh, people would expect a little chit-chat. So, you divorced? Just drive the car, man. Hey, come on. You divorced? You separated? <laughs> she beat you up? <laughs> She had a good job, turned into a great career. Now that means she had to move here. You're very fast, Argyle. So why didn't you come? Well, why didn't you come with her, man? What's up? Because I'm a New York cop. I got a six-month backlog in New York scumbags I'm still trying to put behind bars. I can't just pick up and go that easy. In other words, you thought she wasn't going to make it out here, and she'd come crawling up back to you, so why bother to pack, right? <laughs> like I said, you're very fast, Argyle. <laughs> you mind if we hear some tunes? Hey, that'll work. You got any Christmas music? This is Christmas music. And this actually, this movie actually propelled that song into kind of the known entity it now is. Yeah, that's run DMC, right? Yes. Yep. Christmas and Hollis, I believe, is what it's called. Yep. All right. That's it. But now we see as we're wait, driving. Wait. And well, I, I know we probably shouldn't belabor any points because it's long enough as it is. But so his whole thing is she got this promotion, which meant that she had to move to LA. I think. If I remember correctly from a couple podcasts, it was either you moved for your wife's job or she moved for your job. Is that right, Joey? Uh, well, yeah, we stayed in Illinois for her job and, and then came back here in time for 5K. And I know that like for, for me, if, if my wife got transferred somewhere, you know, I'm going where she is because she's the one, she's the one with the, with the job that makes the money. And, you know, Doug is lucky that, you know, bugs are everywhere. Right. I'm not moving until <laughs> I retire. <laughs> are you going to move when you retire? Uh, no, because my kids will probably still be in school when I retire. Oh, that's so. right. Yeah. You got that whole like weird kid angle where you're old and your kids are young. Yeah. Yeah. It's good times trying to keep up with them. Um, but then we see Nakatomi Plaza for the first time. Nakatomi Plaza. It's the most important monument in all of America. The building from Die Hard. Can we go in? Can we pay our respects? Fine, just make it quick. Yes! Pull it over there, Argyle. What? This is the name of the driver in the movie. We're going to Nakatomi Plaza. There's going to be role play. I, I, I can imagine if I was there, I probably would want to get my picture taken in front of Nakatomi Plaza. Or oh, they don't let you. They don't let you do that anymore. 
Well, I mean, you do it from several blocks away, so you actually right. get the the thing behind you. But this building was actually not finished when this movie was made. Correct. And there was damage done by certain scenes in this film that were not fixed by the production crew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he pu- they pull up. Um, Argyle tells him, hey, I'll hook wait, you up with a wait, place to stay. Wait. Wait. Another, <laughs> another clip? Yeah. <laughs> Eight minutes of credits in, but Argyle drops him off. So your lady sees you, you run into each other's arms, the music comes up, and you live happily ever after, right? I can live with that. So if it doesn't work out, man, you got a place to stay? I'll find a place. i tell you what. I'm going to pull in the parking garage and I'll wait. You score, you give me a call on the car phone. I'll take your bags to the desk. You strike out, I'll get you a hotel. You're all right, Argyle. Just remember that when you sign for the tip. It is still magic hour at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where is Nakatomi Plaza located? In Los Angeles? Where Downtown? in Los Angeles? I don't know. It's in Century Downtown? City. Oh. Okay. Century City is 10.2 miles from LAX, which is about half an hour, depending on the time of day. Okay. All right. So just keep that in mind. All right. But they're there. Um, John walks in and he walks up to the front desk and there's a touchscreen device where the guy says, hey, punch in the name of the person that you're here to see. And a touchscreen today is whatever. Got the same fucking thing on my phone, my iPad, whatever. This was next level technology then. Mm-hmm. He and, types in McLean. It doesn't come up. So then he, he scoffs and types in Gennaro. And that comes up. Not a lot of M's, though, for a building that size. No. And he's he's pissed when he sees that she's under Gennaro. And the guy at the front desk says, oh, they're the only ones left in the building. If they're the only ones left in the building, why the fuck did he have to look her up? (laughs) Why didn't he say, hey, are you here for, you know, the the Nakatomi party? They're up on floor 30. (laughs) Sake of the plot, but it also could have been done when he walked into her office and, and saw Holly Gennaro. Okay, so it, it prepares him for it. Yeah. yeah. But as he's so. walking around towards the elevator, we see security cameras, a security guy, and it's just kind of setting the stage for the layout of the building. Right. And the elevator banks in this building are very similar to a building I used to work in. But Argyle pulls up into the garage and just kind of backs up. And John is riding up in the elevator and for some reason, the elevator is dark. Like, there's no lights on in the elevator. He's in complete darkness, which I didn't understand why. Oh, is this well, before or after he's whistling jingle bells? Ah, uh, that I don't know. But, Just a call back to the Christmas movie thing. Okay. <laughs> but he walks out and the party's in full swing. He's kind of underdressed for, you know, this is, bef- I mean, this is 1988. This is before business casual really took place. I mean, sure. it is a casual Friday would probably be dockers and a shirt and tie. Is he in awe or disgust? I would say disgust. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's Bach, uh, Brandenburg concerto number three playing with a string quartet. It's high, high class stuff. Right. He does not care for the champagne that is offered to him. And then some dude comes up and he's like, Merry Christmas, man. And kisses him. And I think he says, again, he says, California. Well, this time he says, fucking California. Jesus, fucking California. 
Yeah. Right. It's an RCH sees- shy of 12 minutes, the first F-bomb, the first of about 50 in this film. Yeah. Yeah. He sees Dick, he sees Dick Coggy. Uh, <laughs> and he explains that several floors are still under construction. And Takagi knows who he is. Mm-hmm. And as he mentions, uh, several floors are under construction. You tell me where the nuclear vessels are. But then we get a in the introduction of, I think this is where you want it, of both Ellis and Takagi with John. Yes. Holly's husband. Holly's policeman. Ellis is in charge of international development. Heard a heck of a lot about you. <laughs> Miss something. Can I get you anything? Food, cake, some watered down champagne? No, thank you. I'm fine. You throw quite a party. I didn't realize they celebrated Christmas in Japan. Hey, we're flexible. Pearl Harbor didn't work out, so we got you a tape decks. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of sort of a double celebration. We uh, we closed a pretty big deal today, and a lot of it was due to Holly. Am I right, Jojo? <laughs> John. She's a little flustered when she walks in and sees that he's there. Yeah, definitely not expecting him. And it's important to note that uh, Ellis was was doing blow when they walked in. Hence my usage of the Eric Clapton version of cocaine. Well, Mm -hmm. it's not the the last time that cocaine will come up in this in this podcast. Nope. (laughs) But Holly kisses John on the cheek, and then at this point, Jen, who's watching this with me, she says, why would Takagi have Ellis on staff? Because obviously he's doing, his boss knows that he's doing blow. First of all, it's the 80s. Everybody's doing blow. And and second of all, he is a fucking great salesman. If he's closing deals, they don't give a fuck what he does. I remember when I worked at Terminex, and we were told all the time, your best salesmen are going to be your your most high maintenance employees that you have. But so. the the whole thing about uh, I didn't know the Japanese celebrated Christmas and uh, Pearl Harbor didn't work out, so we got you with tape tax. You can't say that today. It's <laughs> a nope. little bit <laughs> no. But Ella says uh, to John or to Holly, show him the watch, and she she doesn't want to show him the watch. And then he says, it's a Rolex. Which, Which what does a Rolex cost? 10 grand? Uh, that, depends. Is that a low-end low Rolex? I'd say that's mid. Okay. But, no you idea. know, the Rolex is... You tell me where the nuclear vessels are. Yeah. yeah. He asks for a place to wash up, and then we see a truck in the car driving down the street. And what type of truck is it? It's a panel Pacific truck. Pacific Courier box truck? Pacific Courier, which pops up in a bunch of films. Kind of like, what's the airline in Lost? Uh, Oce- Oceanic. Yeah. Uh, 816. That's a, 816? That's a, that's Oceanic. Oceanic Airlines is a big Hollywood made-up airline. Yeah, and I think both of them appear. In, what's the film where Seagal gets sucked out of the airlock? Executive Decision. Yeah. That has both Pacific Courier and Oce- Oceanic, I believe. But right. it is still Magic Hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where one of the few errors that I could actually come up with shows up here because the truck here is too small. Yes. And and honestly, when they cut back and forth between the truck pulling in and then the security desk, the truck shown on the security monitor is larger than the truck that's actually pulling into the garage. 
Okay. I think McTiernan said, you know what? Nobody's going to remember what happened two hours ago with the ambulance in the truck. So he just left it in. He acknowledged that it's a fuck up. But I was shocked at how how long this film. I did not remember it being 220. Yeah. Which is why we have to keep things rolling here, Matt. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) But he's, he's in the bathroom washing up. Is he's got a scar on his left shoulder? Is that a real scar, or is that supposed to be like that's real? This guy's that's real. He's not grizzled and had a bullet wound from something else in in his fictional life. No, I, I actually I thought at at one point I thought that might have been just a mistake, like they film shit out of order. But no, that mm. that's legit. Okay, but uh, she asks where he's staying, and he says he's going to stay with some guy who retired out here. She says, "Well, we have the spare bedroom. The kids would love to have you." And she adds, I would too. Uh, I've missed you. And then he says, uh, well, you didn't miss my name. Yeah. I mean, just a total dick move. A total, fuck, what was his name in Moonlighting? David? David Addison. Yeah. Total David and, oh. and Maddie. And they, they fight back and forth. They go where they're talking over each other. And I tried finding a Moonlighting clip where David and Maddie did that because they, I think they did that like every episode. Oh, yeah. the The, the scene where... They they finally hook up. Is there? It's a great back and forth where they are going back and forth, and then she ends up hitting him. She hits him once, she hits him twice, and she tries to hit him a third time. And he grabs her hand on the third time. She's trying to slap him, and then they're fucking on the table like a minute later or thirty mm. seconds later. Yeah, I used to watch that show every Monday, or was it Wednesday? It was but, Monday. I, it varied. It was on so, you know, it was it'd be off for like three months because she's pregnant or whatever it was. Well, that, and that's why they he was able to take this movie because she was pregnant, and he had a four month window where he could shoot it. Kirstie Alley was supposed to be Bonnie Bedelia's character, Holly, but the the producers of Cheers wouldn't let her take it. Really, I I did not know that. Neither, yeah. yeah. But yeah, there, he's there, actually sh- he's beating himself there, up though. A- after she leaves, he's like, oh, "John, you fucking asshole!" And yeah. But Takagi wants Holly to give a speech, and then as the truck pulls into the parking garage, a Mercedes pulls up to the front, and there's a guy that just died. Um, right. I had no idea that this was the guy from Top Gun. We could have had him, man. We could have had him. Yeah. I had no idea that that was him. I knew it was the dude from, I think he was in a show with Andy Griffith and also, no, he wasn't on the Andy Griffith show because <laughs> they would have been like, hey, you don't belong here. <laughs> yeah, that was, oh, no, that would be a, uh, that, the times wouldn't match up there. No, no. What was the show? Not, it was, it was like a murder she wrote show, but I think he was a lawyer. Matlock? And it's. I think it was Matlock, and then I think he was also on Texas Walker Ranger. Walker, Texas but, Ranger? Yeah. What did I say? Texas Walker Ranger? Yeah. <laughs> You're dyslexic, so. I fun. am. Yes. But uh, what happens next, Joey? I just dropped out, so I missed what you just said. The the two oh. guys, um, Theo and Carl, walk into the lobby. And they're talking about uh, basketball because uh, Theo says something about passes to Kareem. And then what does Carl do to the guy behind the security desk? Kills him. Yeah. Shoots him. And then one of them pulls out a radio, says they're in. And 
Theo goes into the computer area as the blonde guy is kind of sneaking around. And this is more of a Doug question, but I say the blonde guy throws up a hockey puck. It's a hockey puck that is a flashbang. Okay. It's not a grenade. It's just a flashbang because, yeah, he he does that and then shoots the guy. Um, the truck unloads. Uh, Theo locks all the elevators and closes the gate and shuts down the escalators because you can't use them when they're not moving. Yeah. What is a broken escalator called? Stairs. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then he, and then Huey Lewis comes in and mans the front desk. I, I have the same thing in my notes. Th- that guy did remind me, and I couldn't place it, but yeah, Huey Lewis, definitely. That, that works. I have in my notes the Arians and Theo, and then I have Dahmer and crew show up. <laughs> and then also uh, the Ode to Joy is playing, Beethoven's uh, Ninth Symphony. And at the time those guys come in, it turns to a minor key version of it. Like Michael Kamen has made a different uh, minor key version of Ode to Joy. Okay. Well, it's you would probably be able to speak to this a little bit. In it is solo. I'm, have you seen solo? Yes. So in in solo, they do a major key version of the Imperial March. Okay. And the Imperial March is in a minor key, and it's kind of like aggressive and foreboding. But when it's put in a major key, it's kind of uplifting and, you know, happy. Hey, join the Empire. Yeah, that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. But the um, we see uh, Professor Snape. We see Hans for the first time. But as the security gates are coming down, the bad guys get out of the elevator. And Theo is ripping out a bunch of cables, which I don't understand why he's doing that. It, uh, is it so nobody can restart the elevators and the escalators and reopen the gates? But they have people there. I, I don't know, man. Plot? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Front but, desk uh, is a guy who's replaced with by Huey Lewis, apparently. And then yeah. Hans looks around, and then he slides a thing down to lock the front door. And I don't even know what this guy's name is, because he's in the movie for a very short period of time, but... One guy is looking for something, and what is That's he Tony. looking for? It's Tony. That's, That's Carl's, Carl's brother. brother, right? Yes. He's looking for the phone banks. And th- there's a really cool shot of him going down. It's not stairs. It's like stairs with no steps. Mm-hmm. And he oh, just yeah. kind of slides down it, and he cuts into the phone connections. And upstairs, up at the party, John is taking the advice of the guy from the airplane, and what is he doing? He's got his shoes off, and he goes, son of a bitch. Pulls out his wallet, looks at the card for Argyle, and as he's doing that, he sees the picture of his kids. Um, Cut back to the guy working on the wires. He's splicing something. He calls Argyle and tells Argyle. That's Dahmer. That's Dahmer, yes. Dahmer's working on the, yeah. Dahmer's working on the phone lines. Yep. In his his sweet gray sweatsuit. Why would you wear a gray sweatsuit to a heist like that? I would want to be in like tactical pants and, you know, a tighter shirt or something. Well, not he's he's the tech guy. He's not the tech guy. He's also a, you know, a frontline soldier. So, but uh he tells Argyle the vote's not in yet. The other guy, Carl comes in and says, "Hey Bruder," which okay, that's his brother. And gets out a chainsaw. 
Yeah, he's got a chainsaw and Tony says, J- just a moment, and then starts going, nine, nine, as Carl is cutting the cables. Like, totally fucking with him. Like, you better get this shit done uh, because I'm going to cut it. And then John gets cut off. Uh, the elevator comes up. All all the bad guys are in the elevator. All the guys are pulling out. Anybody know? Anybody know what kind of uh, submachine guns those are? No. Mac-10. <laughs> Heckler and Coke MP5s. Come on, man. That's like the standard Navy SEALs MP5s. You've seen those. I mean, those have been in lethal all the lethal weapon movies. Come on. MP5s. Uh, okay. John hears gunfire. He grabs his gun. He sees guys pulling people out of uh, offices. He looks over, sees the exit. We see boobs. Yep. So Doug's namesake. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, he's start. He's going upstairs barefoot. Um, and then we see guys with, or he sees guys with equipment. Yeah, it's got a cart that has rockets on it, and yes. I understand they end up using them, but the fact that they have them doesn't really make sense. Well, they're expecting the FBI to come in, and they know the FBI's playbook. So, at some point the police or the FBI are going to do a tactical assault with armored vehicles. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they need those. People at the party freaking the fuck out. Yes. Ellis is freaking out. Holly and Dick Coggy are just kind of sitting there, pretty stern face, both of them, just watching Ellis freak out. But John gets to an unfinished floor and he, he finds a phone, he tries it and doesn't work. And he says something, he says a couple times, think, damn it, think. But he sees a woman across the street. Is is this a plot thread that was just cut from the film? Because this never goes anywhere, does it? No, it doesn't. Like, no. was he going to try and get her attention or something? I don't know. Or shoot at shoot at her from across? I don't know. I don't know. But um, do you want to play your clip first or my clip, Matt? Uh, your clip. Let's do mine. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Hans Grabber. Due to the Fukutomi Corporation legacy of sexiness, I am going to be the sand in your lube, as they say. I am going to be a real Alan Dickman. Okay, boomer. You are now hostages. <laughs> Okay, but this is his actual introduction. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Due to the Nakatomi Corporation's legacy of greed around the globe, they're about to be taught a lesson in the real use of power. You will be witnesses. Now, where is Mr. Takagi? Joseph Yoshinobu Takagi. Born Kyoto, 1937. Family emigrated to San Pedro, California, 1939. He's stopping like in front of all of the Japanese guys. Yeah. Scholarship student. University of California, 1955. 
Law degree, Stanford, 1962. MBA, Harvard, 1970. President, Nakatomi Trading. Vice Chairman, Nakatomi Investment Group. Enough. And father of five. I am Tokambi. How do you do? It's a pleasure to meet you. This is Alan Rickman's first film role. And Correct. In, in his first role out of the gate, he has one of the genre-defining villains ever. And I love the, the way that his voice, just the, the timber of his voice can alter because as he's going through Takagi's CV, basically, it has this very intense, almost accusatory tone. And then he says, oh, so nice to meet you. It just <laughs> changes on a dime. And it's so cool. But wouldn't he know what Takagi looks like? That's what I was going to say. And I also wanted to correct you. It's timbre, not timber. <laughs> yeah. Cut joy <laughs> but yeah, I have that in my notes. Like, how does he not know what he looks like? All I that think information. He, I, I think he does. I think he's just fucking with them. It could be. But yeah. I thought it was, you know, is is it racist as he's stopping in front of each Japanese guy? <laughs> just <laughs> kind of looking at him. Yeah. And it reminded yeah. me of like what you, you had said, Doug, about your dad. Because <laughs> when I was saying he stopped in front of everybody and I stopped myself from saying the O word. <laughs> Oriental guys yeah. stopping in front of the fr- all the Oriental guys. Yeah. Oh, God. But well, there's a terrorist that comes up later on, and I just refer to him as the Asian terrorist. <laughs> I call him the candy Uli? bar guy. Yeah. Yeah, Uli. But yeah. Hans and, and Holly exchange looks, and that will, you know, come to bear later. Um, but we're getting – John is going from floor to floor, and we're kind of getting intros or very quick shots or – just looks at these different floors, including the the floor with the computer room with all the glass. But Takagi and um or Dick Kagi, sorry, and Hans and I think a couple other terrorists are in the elevator and they're talking. Nice suit. John Phillips, London. I have two myself. Rumor has it Arafat buys his there. It's a it's such a throwaway thing, but in a thing that he says later, he talks about, you know, we could sit here and talk about blah, 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 blah and men's fashions all day. And the the suaveness or what you want to call it. Uh, did I pronounce that wrong, too? Um, no, you're good. <laughs> okay. That he, he does. And especially when you juxtapose that to the thing where Holly chastises him at the end is it's, it's kind of. It's brilliant the way that it's structured. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But once again, why do the bad guys have missiles? But on on the on it, a but fam- they're on, but hold on a second. What floor are the missiles on? Uh, this I I think is like thirty three, thirty five. Okay, so thirty thirty two is under construction. Thirty three is the computer room. Missiles are on thirty five. That'll come up a little bit later on when they fire mm-hmm. those missiles. Well, they they move them down to a different floor. Oh, man. No, because they do, because they're moving them. And anyway. Well, why did they move them? Okay, why did they move them all the way up to the 35th floor? Because they thought they were going to be shooting at helicopters. Oh, okay. <laughs> but on the 35th floor, there's a bunch of models. 
And this is a clip that I, I love this statement. He, and this is a thing I, I say, I've said many times in my real life is he says something and it says benefits of a classical education. Mm-hmm. But Hans is impressed with a model of a bridge. And where's this bridge supposed to be built? Indonesia. And John is on that floor. And, but it's time to get to work. They went to Kagi to log on. And, well, this. I don't have that code. You broke in here to access our computer. Any information you could get when they wake up in Tokyo in the morning, they'll change it. You won't be able to blackmail our executive, threaten our profit. Sit down. Mr. Takagi, I'm really not interested in your computer. But I need the code key because I am interested in the $640 million in negotiable bearer bonds that you have locked in your vault. So are are those bonds in a bunch of coffee? A bunch of... Oh! From uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. (laughs) Call back. Well, that would be the cocaine that was in the coffee. Okay. Not, yeah. Okay. Not the bonds. Yeah. Not the not not the bonds. But but uh, John sneaking around. But um, in the, on the bonds thing, um, I read that they were made legally obsolete in 1982. Okay. Really? That's yeah. early. I I mean I now I mean everything's electronic, but yeah. But this is the the only thing that that the the only new thing that I saw because I was watching this with the, the subtitles was while John is sneaking around. You can hear Hans talking to Dikagi, um, mm-hmm. and and he's telling him that, come on, it only represents ten days of working capital. You're barely going to miss it. Oh, I see. I I did not catch that part. So okay, that's interesting. But he, as John is crawling around, he cannot see Hans. No, and Hans is is taking off a silencer as he asks for the code. But why? Why does he take off the silencer? Is it because it's menacing? I don't know. That's a great question because I, I would think that you'd want the silencer to be able to see, you know, save your hearing as you're robbing people. Yeah, but I mean, or they've maybe, been firing the without any kind of suppression. Maybe the shot is for, like, to send a message to all the hostages. Oh, okay. That, that, that's possible. But then, uh, well, this happens to Takagi. The code, please. It's useless to you. There are seven safeguards on our vault, and the code key is only one of them. You'll never get it open. Then there's no reason not to tell it to us. I told you. It's not over yet. It's a very nice suit, Mr. Takagi. To be ashamed to ruin it. I'm going to count to three. There will not be a four. Give me the code. One. Two. Three. I don't know it. I'm telling you. Get on the jet to Tokyo and ask the chairman. I'm telling you, you're just going to have to kill me. Okay. I remember the first time I saw this, I was shocked at this part. 
Ah, okay. Because it, it just, the way he does it, and, you know, you, you find out that Hans is a cold-blooded bastard, but the way he does it with just so, it's so, eh, whatever. Okay, fine. Boom. But yeah. and, and Carl pays Theo one dollar. <laughs> okay, and then uh, uh, again, Dan that, was, that, that that was ad libbed. That was that was that was between them that they came up with that. Well, there's a line that comes up in that clip where, as Takagi is saying, "I won't tell you." Carl or Theo says, "I told you." Yeah, just wait. <laughs> um, John makes a noise like he bumps his head on the table. And they go to in- investigate, but John is on the other side of a door that's locked, and he's on the other side. I just said that. Um, Hans says to Theo, you can break the code. And Theo goes, well, you didn't bring me along for my charming personality. But some of the other terrorists are laying something out, and this is another weapon thing, so maybe Doug. I have in my notes what it is, but I'm sure I'm probably wrong. What are they laying out? I don't know. I call it so Prime Accord. What? What are they doing? MP3? Like no, what? The, the music <laughs> format? <just> <laughs> you said MP5 before. What are they doing? I don't know what... I, I'm lost here. I don't know what... They're, oh, they're planting explosives on the roof. Well, it's not on the roof. It's... it's And this is where launch air would be great because they're doing it on the top of a bunch of HVAC shit. Okay. It's, so it's like directly underneath the roof. But John is going, tell me you heard the shots, Argyle. And Argyle's talking to some chick. Yeah, he's he's bumping down in in the limo in in the parking garage. And but is, is that Prime Accord, or is it something else? That cord. Okay, and C four. Yes. But Theo lays out how long it will take, and I think there's six mechanicals. Um, there's it's thirty minutes to break the code. Okay, a couple of hours to break the mechanicals, but the last lock is out of his control. And then Hans looks at the vault for a second, and Doug, where is the vault located? Um, I don't know, in the vault room? It's the 30th floor. I thought it was down in the basement, but it's actually on the 30th floor. All oh, right. But okay. um, Hans, this is about the seventh lock. I'm sorry. The seventh lock, the electromagnetic seal. You do understand the circuits cannot be cut locally. Trust me. And John is kind of beating himself up about not stopping the Takaga side. And he decides he, he's going to pull the fire alarm, which that that's a smart play. Is it the fire alarm or does he hold? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he, well, he, but he sees the, the sprinkler head. That's what makes him think of the fire alarm. Right. And I don't know this for sure, but... After the fire alarm goes off, they say, call 911, cancel the alarm, then disable the system. I would think that that would, that would be a system that would work independent of the rest of the building's, like, technical infrastructure. All right. Okay. Yeah. But John's up there. He sees the he sees the fire trucks coming, and they turn their lights off and turn around. Baby, come on, baby. Come to Papa. I'll kiss your fucking Dalmatian. Oh, you stupid motherfuckers! No, no! Turn the fucking truck around! So, he's he's okay with a little bestiality, but he hears an elevator bing, and the elevator bing becomes a recurring sound effect that leads to things. 
mm-hmm. in in this film. And he's hiding behind a stack of I call drywall. it drywall. Um, it's drywall. Or sheetrock. It, it's and it's Tony, the phone wire guy. And I believe Tony says something to the effect of the alarm's been called off, my friend. You can come out. I won't hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> but those that, that's Dahmer, right? Yes. Yes, that's Dahmer. Th- okay. Those stacks of sheetrock are probably worth about a grand today. <laughs> yeah. And back then, I mean, a sheetrock was about a buck a sheet. Sure. And it's about 25 bucks a sheet now, I think. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, a saw turns on, a radio alarm saw. Tony runs to it as it's turning off. It's a cool shot of the blade stopping, but mm-hmm. how, how is John, how is McLean doing this? How is he turning off the blade? Is it on a switch or does he have it running through Alexa? Or, I mean, how is this working? Or did he unplug it? <laughs> is he by the, the outlet and just sees Tony coming and then unplugs it? Okay. I can okay. See that. Yeah. But, but John puts his gun to his head, um, tells him that he's a policeman. Does Tony ask him, are you a worker? And he says, no, I'm a policeman. Oh, you won't shoot me. You have rules. Yeah, that's what my captain there keeps telling me. Policemen. Yes. And then they fight. John loses yeah. his gun immediately. And then uh, Tony has a machine gun and he's just kind of spinning around just shooting shit. Right. <laughs> Heads through drywall. They go through some metal studs. And then they go through a door and down some stairs. And this is the first thing I, I saw new that I never saw before is there's actually a neck snapping sound effect as they hit the bottom of the stairs. Oh, I've heard that. And to- you can hear Tony scream also. Yeah. And uh, the next scene, an early sound of the week pops up. It is? Yeah. With uh, Theo doing the computer. Oh, well, first, but first John grabs his head by the hair and then just drops it. Yeah. Thud. That was kind of funny. But yes, Theo's working on the vault, has a drill. Uh, John is going through. Wait, 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 wait. This is, this is a Doug thing. This is a okay. Doug thing. So what is the, the first cipher? Uh, Akagi. Which means Red Castle, which, right. which is important or should mean something. Why? Because it's one of the aircraft carriers on Pearl Harbor. And the guy who played Dick Kagi played a vice admiral in the movie Midway. There you go. <laughs> I'm so smart. Hmm. <laughs> but John is taking inventory of Tony's stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said that he has magazines. I'm like, well, like Cosmo and Playboy? No, gun magazines. Thank you. It's not clips. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. You've learned. <laughs> taught you well. He's got a radio. Um, he's got a lighter. Zippo? Yes. Goes and through his body. Shoes. Yeah, he goes through his body, finds his ID, and finds his cigarettes. Oh, these are very bad for you, my friend. But okay, there there's a there was a subplot that was cut that had all was all about watches. And there's all a right. couple times where you can actually see where this was going, and this is one of them because it they had this thing where all of the terrorists had the same type of watch, and they were shown you know doing the the very stereotypical uh, you know aligning their watches or whatever it's called Synchroniz- synchronization. There you go. I see you. I see you. I see you. <laughs> Set from the synchronized swimming thing from <laughs> from Saturday Night Live. I'm not a strong swimmer. <laughs> no, it's I'm not a strong swimmer. Is it I know you or I see you? I know you. I know you. I know you. I know. Joey, do you have any idea what we're talking about, Joey? 
No, it's SNL stuff. I don't. I don't watch. So yeah, it's the only reason that. I know that is because I videotaped. I want to say it was the 25th anniversary show that was on primetime, and it was in front of a live audience, and they had all the best clips from the last 25 years. And I watched so that like video. Four of them. I watched that that <laughs> video many times because it was funny stuff. It was the you know cheeseburger cheeseburger, um, the the killer shark. Candy Graham. <laughs> You're that shark, aren't you? <laughs> I don't even know what this thing he said. I don't either. I don't either. But the synchronized swimming. Because it was like 60 minutes and it was it was the guy who, who would play like as Mike Wallace. Yes. And it was I mean it was it looked like a 60 minutes. Um, yeah, and the guy who played segment. Derek Smalls in This Is Spinal Tap, who does a bunch of voices on The Simpsons, was one of the guys. Harry Shearer. Shearer, Harry Shearer yeah. Yeah. But, but um, John gets in an elevator, and then he stops it. And he presses a couple floors and climbs out, and he gets above the elevator. And my question is, he's able to do this so easily here, but later mm-hmm. he takes an axe to the elevator to get it open, mm-hmm. which... Okay, but well, no, but he t- from the outside, correct? Yes, because here he has like a rod, but he's got a Beskar staff that okay. he, he sticks up there and hits some sort of switch. I don't know, but yeah, his shoes are too. Tony's shoes are too small. But Hans comes out and he tells the hostages that Takagi won't be joining them for the rest of his life, which yes. <laughs> I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> and he basically says, "Hey." We're going to get what we want. You can cooperate or not. It's up to you. But, you know, this is what happens if you don't. And the elevator bing goes off again. And I think somebody screams. Mm-hmm. And some broad. And then Hans goes over and he reads, uh, Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. And yeah, Holly knows the, what this means. In the book, I want to say it says, Now we have a machine gun. Ho, 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 to throw them off as to how many guys there are. That actually would have been smart to do it yes. that way. But one of them is talking, one of the terrorists is talking, and he says, there's some security guard we missed. And Hans immediately knows somehow that he's not a security guard. He says, no, this is something else. But John is above the elevator, and he's taking notes with a Sharpie on his arm. And... Carl tells one of the guys, Franco or whatever, to tell Carl that his brother is dead. And then John almost gets killed by the top of the elevator. Mm -hmm. And I can only think of one other movie that had a similar elevator type sequence. Emilio Estevez. No. Yeah, in Mission Impossible. Oh, no, you are right. Yeah, he actually does die that way. Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking of Speed. Oh, all right. In the beginning of Speed. Okay, so now there's two movies that you know. Okay, thank you. But John is walking around in some crawl spaces, and we see some more titties. Yep. Yes, titties. the centerfold. But uh, Carl is not happy. Actually, I go so far as to say Carl is pissed. I want blood. You'll have it. But let Heinrich plant the detonators and Theo prepare the vault. After we call the police, they'll waste hours trying to negotiate, and then you can tear the building apart looking for this man. But until then, we do not alter the plan. And if he alters it... I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. 
What do you think? Something's wrong. Cops? John. 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 Oh, Christ, he can fuck this whole thing up. What does he think he's doing? His job. Bullshit. His job's 3,000 miles away. Without him, we still have a chance we might be able to get out of here. Tell that to Dick Coggy. See? Right there, Dick Coggy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, here. <laughs> but John makes his way to the roof, and he takes out his walkie-talkie, and I am not an expert on CB communications or walkie-talkies, but I think I understand how they work, and how they work in this film is not how they work in real life. No, because he goes to Channel 9, which is an emergency channel, and Gruber's, the rest of his cohorts would be on, like, Channel 3. They wouldn't be able to hear what's going on on Channel 9. I I was talking more about, like, the full duplex, half duplex aspect of it, whereas, like, when you are talking, you cannot hear. But in a lot of the conversations, it is a, a back and forth where it's not somebody has the talk button pressed. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know. But, but uh, do you get my point with cha- yeah. different channels? Yes. Yeah. And they act- that actually comes up in Die Hard 2 a lot. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. And they also have it scrambled, you know, try to remember to have the guy unlock it before you kill the next one. But Hans and Carl here the fact that John is actually trying to call the cops. Mayday, mayday. Anyone copying Channel 9? Terrorists have seized the Nakatomi building and are holding at least 30 people hostage. I repeat, unknown number of terrorists, six or more armed with automatic weapons at Nakatomi Plaza, Century City. It's the best place to transmit. Somebody answer me, goddammit. The roof. Go, go. Oh, pause your clip. Right, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's the same address as that fire signal. Are they are Hans and Carl listening to like a, like a police scanner, like a separate unit on his desk? Yeah, that actually probably would make sense. Okay, that's yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes sense then. I don't know how I'm going to piece that together for a waffle, but anyway, okay. Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. No fucking shit, lady. Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? kills him but me they have already killed one hostage they are fortifying their positions while you're jerking me off on the radio now send a police sir i've already told you this is a reserve channel if this is an emergency call dial 911 on your telephone otherwise i'll have to report this as an fcc violation report me come the fuck down here and arrest me just send the police now i gotta admit the the lady on the from the cop side Kind of hot. She is kind of hot. I believe she she's is. A, I believe she's a stewardess in Die Hard 2. Oh, okay. That's possible. Yeah. All right. So now Carl's in the elevator. Anybody know what kind of weapon he's assembling? <laughs> no. It's a yeah. stayerog. It's a stayerog. It's a bullpup. It's got the magazine behind. Um, chambered in 5.56, which would be your you know typical AR-15 round as well. The MP5 is a 9mm. Doesn't pack as much punch, doesn't have the range that the 5.56 does. Is a 9mm the same as like a 9mm across the board? 
So like anything yes. that is, yes. a, and that's why John, when he takes the magazine out, can use yes. for, yes. okay. An Uzi nine millimeter. Um, Not pulling I think again? it's called Luger nine millimeter because the, the nine millimeter, I think was it originally designed for the uh, German Luger pistol? Anyway. You, you, you're shoots, saying he, words and they mean nothing to me. Right. <laughs> Crickets. Yeah. Yeah. He, Carl shoots at him. John slides down the roof and we think he's going to fall off, but lands on a, a landing. And, and then, then the, the, the hot cop your, says, see if there's a black and white that can do a drive by. Yes. And now we're introduced to who, Joey? Powell. Sergeant Powell. Yes. Oh, this is the thing Not that was confusing to me. Not Urkel's Not dad, Urkel's neighbor. This is the thing that was confusing <laughs> to me is his name on Family Matters is Carl. Okay. So I was calling him Winslow for a long time in my notes. <laughs> so it's like Carl, Carl Winslow. It's like, who the fuck am no. I talking about as I'm going Al back through Powell. this? Al Powell. Yes. Yeah, Al Powell. But he he's buying a shitload of what? Twinkies. Well, he's humming Let It Snow. And it's at an AMPM. Do you guys have AMPMs there? No, we no. have Quick Trips. Quick Trip has dominated the market, wouldn't you say, Joey? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you still have uh, PDQ? No, no. Quick Trip mm-hmm. has bought up all the PDQs. Also, oh, the PDQ right down from where you used to live is no longer a PDQ. Oh no, it, dude, it's gigantic. It's now it's a huge Quick Trip. Oh. Huh. And it's I mean Quick Trips are basically just a giant copy machine made to print money. Oh, sure. You never go into a quick trip that doesn't have at least eight people in it. Seriously? Oh, dude. In some places, there's literally a quick trip on the other side of the road from another quick trip. This is like yeah. the Starbucks of gas stations? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is... And they're all, pri- they're all privately owned by uh, two brothers. Really? Yeah. But uh, Carl... Oh, shit. Carl Winslow. Um, Al... <laughs> puts his change in the charity thing and then he gets the call on the radio and he he's walking towards his car and then he just stops and then he walks over to the street and he looks at the building which is just basically down this giant avenue and you can see flashes on top mm-hmm. of the building but right. you would not be able to hear that no you wouldn't and carl you also is, see how much gas cost back then oh what was r- it what was it 74 cents and 77 oh. for premium oh. Wow. All right. Well, uh, you can see gun. Or, yeah, I talked about that. But Carl is slow walking across the helipad. Right. <laughs> He's like doing this menacing walk across the helipad, just getting ready. And John shoots open a door and then goes in. And he's running on some grates. That would suck so much with bare feet. Oh, it sure would. Mm-hmm. And he but uses he's... a gun to stop a fan. So he can get behind it. Mm-hmm. And there's a big drop below him. We see titties again on the wall. But we've been in this area before. Well, as he runs past the centerfold, he taps it. He's like, girls. Yeah. Like saying saying hi to him. Well, yeah. he's been there before. <laughs> uh-huh. We're back to the elevator area. And he John knocks out a great panel that falls for a long time before it's actually heard crashing. Yeah, what is this? This is not the elevator. Shaft. This is what? the um, HVAC. They actually, actually, if you you look up uh, Fox, the Fox Plaza, they have a centralized 
basically section in the middle of the building that they that helps with cooling because of hot air rising. Ah, it's a giant, like just empty spot in the middle of the building. Okay, okay. But John is going down the shaft, and he's using a strap that's connected to his machine gun that's holding him on the edge. And this stunt was actually a mistake. It was because the dude, the stuntman was supposed to grab the first vent and kept on going, but grabbed the second one. That would fuck up your hands so bad. Oh, yeah. And you've got to have strong, you have to be, been able to like, like, what are those things that you, you know, I'm doing it right now with my hands The like the, the grippy things that. Oh, the, where you go up in the wall? No, no, no. It's, it's, um. Jerking off? It's, 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 the strengthener things? Yes, the hand strengthener thing where it's got like two padded things and then. Oh, yeah, the squeeze thing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Carl's talking to Hans and I believe Hans says he's trapped. Don't worry about him. The police are on the way. But but the the yeah. amount of strength that it would take to pull yourself up, if you are hanging, if you are down all the way, to be able to pull yourself up, and you can't just pull yourself up because the entrance to that shaft is only about maybe 12 inches. Mm-hmm. There, there, I don't think it's humanly possible to it's be able not. to do that. No, I but, couldn't do it. Not with my fat ass. Joey, <laughs> Joey might, because Joey weighs like a buck 20. Well, I, <laughs> buck 50, and I do pull-ups. Do you do pull-ups? Oh, yeah. All right. But in, in the air duct, he, he lights up a Zippo, and this is one of those clips like, Come out to the coast. It's come out to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. How did you not know that, Matt? It's just riffing. Um, right. But Carl sees it, and this is, once again, it, it's genius how they're, they're doing kind of these callbacks to other floors that we've seen before. So we know the the geography. We know some of the layout of how this building works. Yes. And Carl sees the, the the light from the lighter. Um, there's there's they're searching for him. John can see out through the little grate, and Carl shoots at one of the air vents, mm-hmm. and then is pushing up with his barrel. And, and just like Doug, a hot load ends up near his John's face. <laughs> Friendly fire from the wobbly H. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> But Carl is as he's poking at the duck the ducks, he he gets like right next to where John is, and John is getting ready to shoot. Yes. And that's when uh Carl is called off. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we go back to Al. And Al is pulling up to Nakatomi as John is jumping out of the air docks. And he's just Al is just driving around the circle in front of the building. And he sees a guard, and he's going to go in for a look. Well, hold on a second. Who does John say he's – who's driving this car? Uh, Stevie Wonder? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hans calls Huey Lewis. Uh, no, Huey know. Lewis calls Hans. Does he? Yeah. Okay. And Huey Lewis lets Al in, and Hans and the rest of the crew run to some windows, and the guard is pretending to watch a football game. I, I, I think it's 50, LSU. 50, no, UCLA. Okay. I got 50. It's either UCLA or USC, one of the two LA teams. Uh, but he says, I got 50 bucks on these guys. Assholes, he's playing a good role. Pardon me. I think he's um, Yeah. But uh, John starts breaking the window as Al is leaving, as Al is walking out. He's, somebody sees him. 
Yeah, somebody's sent to get oh. him. And then Al actually says, mind if I look around? And he's about to get killed because there's a guy that's waiting around the corner. Mm-hmm. And at this point, a guy runs in on John. It's actually two guys, I think. No, it's the, the guy who's planting explosives. The guy with blonde hair, he's wearing a white sweater. Um, he gets the call and is sent to get him. So him, him, that guy and Marco are sent to go get John. So two guys. Yes, two guys. I said two guys. You said no. It was one guy with a white sweater. I was saying, I was telling you who they were. No, I said two guys. You said no. It was one guy. It was the guy with the white sweater. And then Marco. <laughs> and then Marco. So two guys. Yeah, two guys. You should know all about two guys, Doug. Right. So should Joey. <laughs> I well, guess. Just explain it to his wife. Mm-hmm. I guess you, 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 this. Hold on a second, Joey. I gave you the idea of, of here are three guys that are about to have a circle jerk around a disc, a copy of Die Hard. You didn't use that. I tabled it with my wife, and she wasn't into it. She wasn't. She wasn't, she wasn't okay it. saying circle jerk, but she was okay with wobbly H. <laughs> okay, Things so, she knows about, she'd rather not say. So she's okay <laughs> with the wobbly H. She's not okay with the circle jerk. She's not okay with ass play. These are the things we've learned <laughs> over the last yeah, like years. Blu- Blu-ray either. Blu-ray? <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah. Al is about to get killed, and he gives up, and then we go back to John, and this is where – this is another, like, thing that I just remember distinctly from watching this in the theater, where this is a a classic movie villain mistake, where you basically are telling the guy, just fucking kill me. Yeah. Hold on, pause the clip. Yeah, I didn't realize that we were going right to that clip right away. The the one guy busts in, the guy with the white blonde hair and sweater. The only and guy. John shoots. John shoots him. Yes. Yeah, the one, the only the one guy that comes. <laughs> okay. Then the second guy, Marco, shows up, and John goes under a table, and it's like this long zigzag boardroom table. Yes, must be a Japanese thing. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been in conference rooms in, you know, Fortune fifty companies and in small companies. I've never seen anything that looks like this one. Did you drive your Porsche there? No, that was before I had a Porsche. Okay, all right, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, John's crawling on his back, working his way up to the head of the table as the guy is on the table shooting down at John. Now continue the clip. No more table. Where are you going, Tom? Next time you have a chance to kill someone, don't hesitate. Thanks for the advice. So that is a table that's about two inches thick. Nah, not two inches thick. Mm. An inch, maybe. But I mean, that's hardwood. That's not sure. That's not part of the board. And that's why he's got to unload an entire magazine. Because unload hardwood inches. <laughs> Jesus, all, guys. all things Joey's hearing later on. <laughs> <laughs> but Al is on his way out, and John goes back to the window, and Al is calling in. It's a big nothing burger, and then John drops a body on his car, and well, I use part well, of. He's the- got I mean, that's got to be. That's that's some mad skills there to be drop dropping a body 
out of the 32nd floor, 33rd floor, and get it right on the hood. Well, and also there's a distance there. Yes. I I think that he, just like the the daughter from Death Wish 2, instead of being in the long jump competition, (laughs) maybe he should be in like the, I don't, not the javelin, but... uh, Something where you have to throw something a distance because it, I, it's a it's a distance that he has to cover. I I can see John McClane with the body over his head and running and then launching it like a glider. <laughs> <laughs> but very very famous line from this film. Welcome to the party, pal. And it continues yeah. on as John is just lighting up Al's car, and that's no, not Argon. John. John's not. Yeah, John knows. No, an M60. And then an M60 from why would John be shooting at the police car? To get their attention. Who else would no. be? Nobody else is at the windows. Nobody else has a window they can shoot out of. Dude. Nobody else has a window they can shoot out of. An M60. There's a, there's a, they literally shows a guy with an M60 shooting breaking the glass and then lighting up Al's car. How many times have you seen this movie? If if there's, they have no reason to be lighting it up because they don't know that the body went down because actually they have to confirm no. the fact that he's, the body's down there. I'll bet you 20 bucks that it's, Joey, can you confirm here? Witness. Witness. No, I, I will, sure, 20 bucks. Okay. Sawbuck. And then, an M6, the guy literally shows a guy with an M60 shooting out the window and then lighting up. Let's go back and listen to the clip of how many rounds are getting pumped into that car. He's got an MP5 and he has three, he grabs three 30 round magazines. First of all, a lot of words that mean nothing to me, Doug. (laughs) First first of all, with, with, with a a nine millimeter shooting from 32 stories up, he wouldn't be able to hit that car once, even on semi-auto. He took Franco's or Marco's machine gun. Mm-mm. Dude, how many times have you seen this movie? How do you not know that there's a bad guy with an M60 lighting up the police car? I am shocked, shocked that you are making <laughs> this gigantic mistake, Matt. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed that, that, that I'm your friend and you don't know this. But Argyle was in the garage and it went past him. He didn't even notice it. Mm-hmm. And Al backs over an embankment and then we see our reporter – Thornburg for the first time and he's mm-hmm. trying to get a date when he hears this kind of coming in over the police radio that the architect got from the radio station because they had an extra one and he just walks away from his phone call about the date and Ellis says he ne- never thought he'd be happy to hear that noise as he hears cop cars they're on the 30th floor they would not be able to hear that <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think this is yours, Doug. This is like the last one of the first part of the film that I saw. Okay. Where we actually get our introduction to probably the most iconic diehard line. Relax. This is a matter of inconvenient timing. That's all. Police action was inevitable. And as it happens, necessary. So... Let them fumble about outside and stay calm. This is simply the beginning. I thought I told all of you I want radio silence until further... Oh, I'm very sorry, Hans. I didn't get that message. Maybe you should have put it on the bulletin board. I figure since 
I waxed Tony and Marco and his friend here. I figured you and Carl and Franco might be a little lonely, so I wanted to give you a call. How does he know so much about this? This is very kind of you. As you are our mysterious party crasher, you are most troublesome for a security guard. Sorry, Hans, wrong guess. Would you like to go for double jeopardy where the scores can really change? Oh, these are very bad for you. Cigarettes. Who are you, then? Just a fly in the ointment, Hans. The monkey in the wrench. A pain in the ass. That, that's when he finds the C4. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And yep. he, he lights up a heater. Yes, he does. Check on all the others. Don't use the radio. See if he's lying about Marco and find out if anyone else is missing. See, right there. If they were the ones firing out the window, they would know that. Anyway, continuing. Mr. Mystery Guest. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Unless you want to open the front door for me. I'm afraid not. But you have me at a loss. You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Another orphan of a bankrupt culture who thinks he's John Wayne, Rambo, Marshall Dillon. I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. I really like those sequined shirts. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. I think that elevator noise is in half the clips we have. <laughs> Probably. But the reporter, Thornburg, he's begging for the story. And he's talking to the producer, and he tells the anchor to eat it because the anchor's yeah. giving him shit. <clears throat> right, right. And right as the anchor kind of looks over at him and gives him a very stern look, they go live, and then he says this. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Yeah, that happens. That happens you know when you're working is? live news. Yeah. That's, okay. uh, oh, he used to be for Fox News. He got sued. Yeah. Joey? Joey, no. you know who that? That's Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly, yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. The fuck it, we'll, we'll do it live is that was, was, on was a big in, thing. Inside Edition? Yeah, that was actually a long time ago, early it in his career. a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, who is the, the co-anchor? Uh, the psychologist from Lethal Weapon. Yes. I can't remember oh. her name, but she's in this. She's in Lethal Weapon. She's in Back to the Future 2, I think. Mm, I don't know. She's in one of the Back to the Futures, but the the boss gives the reporter a truck, and we go back to, the, back to Nakatomi, and Carl says, you know, John wasn't lying. We didn't shoot at the Carl or Al's police car. Um, <laughs> You're, di- you're you're dying on this hill, aren't you? You are going to die on this hill, even though you are so wrong. But they realize, oh, oh shit, the detonators are missing. Yes, because he was um, who was the other man? Because so there was Marco, white sweater guy, white sweater with blonde hair, who was there by himself. That's Heinrich. He had the he had the the detonators. But Hans checks in with Theo, and it's three down, four to go. And then Al calls in on the radio. And that makes 
everyone stop, including Theo, who at this point is using a fucking huge drill. And John tells Al what is going on. I read you, pal. You the guy in the car? What's left of him? Can you identify yourself? Not now. Maybe later. Listen fast. This is a party line. The neighbor's got itchy trigger fingers. All right, here's the deal. You got 30 or so hostages on the 30th floor. Leaders here's name's Hans. We have to find him and shut him up. He's telling them everything. Let him. I'm waiting for the FBI to arrive until then. He can waste as much time as he likes. But we must find the bag, Fritz. Go help, Oli. freaking arson. We must have the detonators. They got missiles, automatic weapons, and enough plastic explosives to orbit Arnold Schwarzenegger. They're down to nine now, counting the skydiver you met. These guys are mostly European, judging by their clothing labels, and... Cigarettes. They're well-financed and very slick. Well, now, how do you know that? I've seen enough phony IDs in my time to recognize that the ones they got must have cost a fortune. <sighs> Add all that up. I don't know what the fuck it means, but you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay. I hear you, partner. LA's finest to run it. So light him if you got him. Way ahead of you, partner. Another heater. So what do I call you? Call me... Roy. Well, listen up, Roy. If you think of anything else you think we need to know, don't be I'll shy, give you okay? In the meantime, I want you to find a safe place to hold up and let us do our job. Understand? They're all yours, Al. So he he talked about having seen enough fake IDs in his time, which he's a detective. That's a little bit below his pay grade. Um, yeah. Well, but before he was a detective, he was a, probably a beat cop. Okay, but how how much did a how much did a fake ID cost when you were in high school? Um, free because I got one from my brother and then I got one from Jim Smith. Okay. Yeah. yeah I got a free one too. I think mine was $6. <laughs> okay. And it worked for two and a half years. So yeah, not a problem. But yeah, he, he lights up a heater where Al says, you know, he's smoking. If you got him, he's way ahead of you, pal. The, the, the constant smoking of heaters would be a bad thing because it gives them a way to find him. Doesn't it? Yeah. Sure, sure. Even when um, in the, the previous clip, when he says "Yippee ki motherfucker," he's got a heater in his mouth. <laughs> they would be able to smell that. Hey, man, somebody was just here smoking. Follow that smoke. Yeah, and I well, I guess yeah. maybe back then there was enough like people smoked enough that it was just kind of ingrained in the environment. But I think now it's like, yeah, something was here. Yeah. But now the head cop shows up, the deputy chief, Dwayne Robinson, and he asks Al, who's talking to him? Al says, I am. Um, Al gives him the lowdown of who he thinks Roy is, thinks he, he might be a cop. And the deputy chief is like, well, he could be a terrorist. Well, he's like, he says it's a hunch. It's like because uh, being able to sp- spot a fake ID, he says he could be a fucking bartender. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but the press shows up and it's just one van. Uh huh. It would be every station in LA. It wouldn't just be one TV there, one TV station uh, there. Uh, not at this point. No, they all monitor Soon. the police channels. Okay, all right. Yeah, but I but 
Hans has, has a TV set up, and then Holly shows up, and she has a... Well, she wants to talk to Hans. I have a request. What idiot put you in charge? You did. When you murdered my boss. Now everybody's looking to me. Personally, I pass on the job. I don't enjoy being this close to you. Go on. We have a pregnant woman out there. Relax, she's not due for a couple of weeks. But sitting on that rock isn't doing her back any good. So I would like permission to move her to one of the offices where there's a sofa. No, but I'll have a sofa brought out to you. Good enough? Good enough. And unless you like it messy, I'd start bringing us in groups to the bathroom. Yes, you're right. It will be done. Was there something else? No, thank you. She sees the picture that she turned over earlier at that point. Mr. Takagi chose his people well, Mrs. Gennaro. Miss Gennaro. Is he trying to Jedi mind trick her with the Mrs. thing? No, I think it's just, you know, for sake of the plot. Okay, but... Die Hard is the only movie that I've ever seen, only movie, only TV show, any kind of entertainment property I've ever seen where the bathroom part of a scenario like this is actually referenced in any degree. Oh, okay. And well, and speaking hmm. of that, I'm going to tinkle what, all over what, the floor wait, here. Wait, wait, wait. Just let me finish this point. No, I, dude, I'm doing the potty dance okay. right now. So, okay. So I, I, will, your, make... I will finish my point, but, and then hit the lobby music. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So, because I've never seen that, but I'm thinking, you know, if someone's well, I'm still here, kidnapped, I'm still here. I can't walk away with Matt. Somebody's kidnapped or tied up. Thirty <laughs> minutes, complete, I'd shit my pants. <laughs> Stuck in an elevator, ditto. I mean, if if you know, a car ride to work is a, is 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 you know a question mark whether it's going to be okay. But several hours. At what point do you just say, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to make it uncomfortable for them. It's just like when you're grounded as a kid. I'm going to make them as miserable as I am. <laughs> all right. Now can we go <laughs> to the lobby? Have you made your point, Matt? I've made my point. <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. I really think the bathroom thing is a valid point. <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I can't believe that... You know, how is that not shown up in you know, how many times on any given A-Team, Knight Rider, Airwolf type show has someone been kidnapped or tied up or whatever? I, they they got to go to the bathroom, even if they don't have to shit. They, they're going to have to pee every four hours, aren't they? Yeah, you, you would think. Or like... Like like movies where, um, you know, they're in a in a airplane and the airplane is being hijacked. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's actually biological weapon. It would be, that would work. So, but um, so the the reporter is doing a live remote, and Argyle's in the limo drinking, and he actually hears what's going on, and he was pouring himself a drink out of one of those airplane type bottles 
into a glass. And then after he hears what's going on, he kind of foregoes the glass and he just drinks straight from the bottle. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. uh, the principal from the breakfast club is planning. Is, that's right. That's that's the principal from the – why did I not catch Dick that? Vernon. Yeah. Dick Vernon. Dick Vernon. <laughs> he, he's, he passed away. Did he? Oh, well, yeah. That, like I mean, 06, I think. I mean, not a surprise. I mean, stressful job being, chief, you know, deputy chief of police and a principal. <laughs> is, yeah, is he in the military as well? Was he featured at a Minnesota Vikings football game <laughs> on the Jumbotron? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, he's planning on going in, and Al disagrees with this whole idea. What's going on? What's it look like? It's going in. Going in? Man, that's crazy. There could be over 30 hostages in there for all we know. We don't know shit, pal. If there's hostages, how come nobody's come to us with ransom demands, huh? If there's terrorists in there, where's their list of demands? All we know is that somebody shot your car up. It's probably the same silly son of a bitch you've been talking to on that radio. Excuse me, sir. But what about the body that fell out the window? Well, who knows? It's probably some stockbroker got depressed. We're ready for you, Chief. All right, light him up. Let's go. All right, hit your lights. Okay, let's go. We got approval, Chief. Those those two, like, those are the spotlights being turned on. Uh, reading through the old reviews of this film, uh, Roger Ebert, one of his major yeah. criticisms of this film is Robinson's Yes, I read that as well. Because he's so kind of caricaturish as far as how bad he is at his job. Mm-hmm. But John sees that the spotlight's being turned on and he calls Al and goddamn there's a lot of clips in this film. <laughs> right. <laughs> but also but the, the SWAT team guys are running up and they're going, hut 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 hut. Uh yeah. <laughs> Al. Al, you still with me, babe? What's going on? Yo, Al. I'm here, Roy. But I'm kind of busy right now. I'll talk to you later. Al, what's wrong? What's going on? I said I'll talk to you later, Roy. If you are what I think you are, then you'll know when to listen, when to shut up, and... And when to pray. And you had actually... You you just said it, but you, you kind of got a little bit ahead of the game. But I think you were talking about this, Doug. What's that from? Uh, well, it's from Blues Brothers, but for for us, oh. it's from uh, Teen Wolf. <laughs> really? Yes. From Teen Wolf? Yes. Why were we talking about the SWAT guys in Teen Wolf? I have no idea, but that's that's the the board I had to pull it from. <laughs> okay. Uh, but John is watching, and he realized this is going to be a shit show. And Argyle is driving in the garage, and he realized he's locked in. And as the cops are going up, one of them gets pricked by a rose. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand why they did it. Because it shows these are they... guys that are out of their depth. They, okay. These are people that are not prepared to be doing this. That something like that sure. is going to take them out of it. And honestly, somebody that is in a SWAT team, they should have like tactical gloves on, I would think. Mm, maybe. I don't know. In 88. Doug would. Yeah, the, the yeah what, what, what are the glove 
numbers is it like an ag 55g no no B, bc-59 uh if you go to the bc60 if you want the, the the hardened plastic on the knuckles and if you want the your trigger finger uh exposed it's the bc73 but the terrorists are setting up in the lobby and <laughs> at this anyway. point in the, in the movie huey lewis and, huey lewis and the asian guy are uh, taking up positions and, and and what does the asian terrorist do with long hair he steals a candy bar <laughs> yes it's he a, that doesn't that was his that was his idea he asked mctiernan if he could do that and they liked it so much he was supposed to get killed earlier on but they left him in to be one of the last terrorists killed and at this point in watching the movie i look over and jen is playing solitaire on her ipad <laughs> really <laughs> and that's what it says in my notes. The next line is, really? And she says, I've seen this a million times. I need to watch the film in order to be able to put in my two cents of how I felt about it. All right. But Argyle stops the car and he turns it off. And he's not in a parking space. He's just in the middle of yeah. the parking garage. Yes. And he turns around. He tells the bear in the back seat to shut up. That yeah. is the same bear that Jack Ryan, played by the murderer Alec Baldwin, had in Hunt for Red October. Oh, really? That's what the notes said. That's what the IMDb notes said. But uh, Theo yeah. gives an update at this point of what is going on. <clears throat> All right. Listen up, guys. It was the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring except the four assholes coming in the rear in standard two-by-two two cover formation. Is that accurate, Doug? No, I have no idea. Okay, we're all set. We're ready. Kick ass. Go! Right, let's do it. They're shooting at him. It's panic fire, they can't see anything. They're shooting at the lights. They're going after the lights. Pull them back. No, I, I think that was McLean shooting the lights, but apparently my ability to pick out who's actually shooting is suspect. So who's actually <laughs> shooting you, at the lights, Doug? But, uh, the guy with the M60 that I, I'm pretty sure I, I sent you a, a video clip. Should have it on your phones by now. Oh. No, oh, I, yeah, I saw that come through. Yes. So. Uh, yeah, this is. Oh, yeah. Yep. So the cops are, uh, yeah, trying to pick the lock. Uh, then they can you pick a lock? To, could I pick a lock? Yeah. No, I could not. Nope. Then they try the torch. When that doesn't work, Hans orders Hugh Lewis and the Asian long-haired terrorist to just wound them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then the head SWAT guy says, and he says it twice. Send in the car. Yep. I but, don't know why he says it twice. Yeah, and the terrorists wound two of the three guys at the front door. Mm-hmm. And, and the police have themselves an RV. Where here, it's a good thing that they have rockets. And John hears an elevator go past. It's going down. It's taking the rockets from the floor above down to where they actually set up shop with the rocket. Mm-hmm. And Mark Schnell. <laughs> <laughs> the, the terrorists are—they're kind of clumsy with the rockets, and I don't know how 
fragile these things are? I would assume they're probably not, but I would think you'd well, want to sure, be I'm careful. Sure there's like a, I'm sure there's like a pin that they have to pull before they arm them. Well, that's what uh, – not Nordberg. What the fuck was his name that had to do it in Beverly Hills Cop 2? Nordberg? Wasn't that the guy from Th- Office of Space? No, Nordberg is OJ that's from – Oh, okay. What was uh, Judge Reinhold's character in Beverly Hills Cop? Oh, Billy. <laughs> but he says pull pin and, oh, yeah. and he launches the rocket backwards, I think. Right. Yes. That was a law rocket. That was a throwaway one-time use rocket. This is like a almost like a stinger missile that you just keep on throwing rounds into it. But they nail the tripod of this rocket launcher into the ground. They have yes. and this is actually a real thing that you can get. It is a nail gun, but it uses shells. 20, 22 shells. Well, when you're I'm sure Joey, it's very possible that they've used this at your house when they put the treated lumber studs into the floor. That's what they use. Huh. That, that was yeah, one of the things that my dad had that when we were going through things, I was asked, do I want it? And I'm like, no, I do not. <laughs> not going to be dr- not going to be pounding any studs into the floor. Well, we've already got the whole <laughs> Dachau prison thing set up in my basement in storage. That's what it looks like. And he did that. And it's, you know, pff, pff. I, don't, okay. I don't know. I, d- I don't like any kind of bullets or shells in my house. I thought you guys were talking about getting a gun, maybe. We weren't talking about it. Jen was talking about it, which means that, you know, we will probably have one. Oh, all right. (laughs) But I won't be happy about it. But this RV took its sweet-ass time getting there. It sure did. Was it parked Mm -hmm. three blocks away? (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Uh, But, uh, yeah, they drop one. um, And then the guy goes, yeah, I see him. And I always thought that that was from Das Boot, but no, it's from Die Hard. They shoot from what the fifth floor? I don't know. It's up high. It's not. No, it's not up high. It's no. Like, it's I mean, the fifth it's not floor. up like thirtieth floor. It's not. But it's not from the ground floor. It's it's several floors up. Yes. Five would be several. Yeah, I think it would have been a much cooler shot if it had been from so, the thirtieth floor. Yes, that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that it's harder, harder to run a line <laughs> for and that, that effect. Been, and that also would have been a tough shot to capture. But it would also, have had either been from very far away or following the rocket down. And this RV driving up the steps as it gets shot, this is where the actual building, not the building itself, but the exterior accoutrement of the building was damaged in filming. That was never fixed by the film crew. They negotiated for weeks uh, to allow that RV, that, that armored car to drive up those stairs. Well, there was that, and there was also the helicopter, which I think they got, what, a 20-minute window to film the helicopter sequence? 50. Okay. Still, not a lot okay. in yes. film time. But but they shoot it, yes. Hans says to hit it again. Uh, McLean motherfucks him. Yes. You made your point. And then this is where Joey walk us through this sequence of events as to what John does. Where he breaks the glass for, for the axe. Yes. fuck me. He yes. starts with breaking the axe, breaking the glass to get the axe, and then he takes the axe. And what does he do, he do with it? Uh, is that where he? Oh man, I forgot. cuts into the elevator door. Okay, and then they fire another rocket. And what it, what is John doing? What is he doing in prep as his 
like revenge, if you will, for what they did. I, we see C4, I know. Yeah, he's wiring up some C4 and he's putting it on an office chair and he's got a monitor on. T- he has no fucking clue what he's doing. I don't. I yeah. never understood this. He sticks a couple of detonators into the, the block of C4 and then puts a computer monitor on there and then wraps it up around the chair. Is there an electrical charge in that – still in that – computer monitor so when it makes impact it sets off the detonators yeah because older like older tvs um crts cathode cathode roy ray tube tvs or cathode crt monitors which is what this is it has this thing at the back which is this giant fucking capacitor which stores a ton of energy and if, if you work on arcades at all arcade games like classic arcade games that is one of the things that's the most dangerous because that stores all this energy in the capacitor that can kill you. Hmm. And yeah. so the same with guitar amplifiers. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the capacitor in the CRT is enough to like set off the C4. So this, that yeah. actually, that actually, you know, tracks. And if you set it to flux, that capacitor could set you back. In it goes time, back right? in time, but it has to hit 88 miles an hour. Okay. And Which I'm sure it does. As it's falling through 30 floors of elevator shaft, do you think it hits 88? I don't know. It's what is what is the the terminal velocity? Yeah. Do you think it hits terminal velocity? Well, the terminal velocity is what? 128 or 142? It's not going to hit terminal velocity from Come on, you've seen from the 30 you've seen the, because it you, it's going to be it's going to be ping-ponging back and forth on the elevator shaft. If only we had watched the Charlie Sheen masterpiece, Terminal Velocity, we would know. Well, once I do the season of documentaries, we will end up doing Navy SEALs. Navy SEALs is 90, though. Yeah, but I get one outside of the 80s. All right. All right. Yeah, I think – is it 128? Hold on a second. There was only a device in my hand. See, I'm paying attention to the podcast. What is Terminal Velocity? Uh, But – he drops the chair down the shaft and it explodes. This might have taken down the entire fucking building. He also no. calls them jerk jerkweed. And the reporter, um, what <laughs> was it, Thornburg? He he's just getting an absolute raging erection watching this. Well, it blows out all the windows. The fireball comes up the elevator. Uh, one of the terrorists says to Hans. They're using artillery on us. And Hans goes, no, it's him. And then Thornburg jizzes in his pants. And now now we go back to like the, the TV broadcast and the lady from the other movies is on the news. And we find out that Hans has been expelled from the terrorist group he used to be a part of. How bad of a fuck up do you need to be to be expelled from a terrorist organization? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like, well, he was part of the KKK, but he's a little bit too radical for us. Sure. And then um, John is talking to Al, and he actually ends up chewing out Robinson. Yes. Where are you figures of breakage? Sorry. That's are you all it. right? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. <coughs> what was that? Remember that plastic explosive I told you about? Yeah. There you go. Is the building on fire? No, but it's going to need a paint job and a shitload of screen doors. Our spotter said you got two with that blast. Is that him? Is that him? Yes, sir. Now, you listen to me, mister. I don't know who the hell you think you are or what you're doing, but you just destroyed a building. Now, we do not 
want your help. Is that clear? We don't want your help. I've got a hundred people down here and they're covered with glass. Glass? Who gives a shit about glass? Could you tell me where the nuclear vessels are? Who the fuck is this? This is Deputy Chief of Police Dwayne T. Robinson, and I am in charge of this situation. Oh, you're in charge. Well, I got some bad news for you, Dwayne. I'm up here, then look like you're in charge of jack shit. You listen to me, you little asshole. I'm a- asshole. I'm not the one who just got butt fucked on national TV, Dwayne. <laughs> now you listen to me, jerk off. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Quit being part of the fucking problem and put the other guy back on. You know, there's there's some verbiage in there which was very very uncommon for 1988. Butt fucked, jerk off. You know, th- those now would be whatever. But back then, that was you. You did not have that kind of finger quotes real language, even in like films that were very profane. Oh, I don't. I bet you couldn't say butt fucked. I say this as my 13-year-old walks downstairs, <laughs> and now he's looking at me like, what did you just say, Dad? <laughs> oh, he's... Antenna's he's flipping, up. He's flipping me the bird because he thinks he's <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think you could say butt-fucked on, in a movie now. No, now you could. You think so? Oh, absolutely. There's nothing you could not... Well, actually, that's not true. There's pivots as far as uh, PC-ness, but butt-fucked, I think, is still in the PC realm. If you are talking about it in a non-gay way, like, oh, yeah, he butt-fucked her. Uh, or, you, you might have a point there. But if you were to say it like, uh, like in that term, I mean, that was a very homophobic way of saying it like yeah you just got butt you got humiliated because you got butt fucked by a guy uh, you know actually i will i will concede that point i, I think context. you might actually be right um yeah and we'll get into that in what you're watching where that is very much uh, a prevalent thing but how would they know that he took out two guys with that blast uh because they had spotters on the ground matt Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not buying that. But meanwhile, Ellis is just doing line after line of yeah. blow. Right. He wants to negotiate. Indoor uphill skiing. Yeah. And this is this is a long one, but sitting here waiting to see who gets us killed first, yeah. them or your husband. What are you going to do? Hey, babe, I negotiate million dollar deals for breakfast. I think I can handle this Euro trash. Hey. Frequency talk, huh? Hope I'm not interrupting. What does he want? It's not what I want. It's what I can give you. Carl wants to shoot him right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he gets waved off. <laughs> Look, let's be straight, okay? It's obvious you're not some dumb schmuck up here to snatch a few purses. Am I right? You're very perceptive. I watch 60 Minutes. I say to myself... These guys are professional, they're motivated, they're happening, i.e. they want something, huh? Now, personally, I couldn't care less about your politics. Maybe you're pissed off at the camel jockeys, maybe it's the Hebes, Northern Island. It's none of my business. I figure you're here to negotiate, am I right? You're amazing. You figured this all out already. (laughs) Hey, business is business. You use a gun, I use a fountain pen. What's the difference? 
Let's put it in my terms. You're here in a hostile takeover. You grab us for some green mail, but you didn't expect some poison pill was going to be running around in the building. Am I right? Hans. Bobby. I'm your white knight. I must have missed 60 minutes. What are you saying? The guy upstairs is fucking things up, huh? I can give him to you. This portrayal is so believable to me because this is a guy, and he probably was an incredible salesman. And part of being a successful salesman is the belief that no matter what bullshit you're peddling, you can sell it. Especially on Coke. I have, well, I've, I've never done cocaine, but that's what I hear. I hear from people that I know that have done cocaine, they just say, yeah, you feel like you're on top of the world. Like you can talk to anybody and it, it would be interesting. No, but have, have you ever worked with somebody who was a next level sales guy? No. Nope. I have. And this guy was the most annoying guy in the world. But when you're talking to him, just when there's no customers around, he was the most annoying person and you just did not want to be around him. But when a customer came in and you saw him work his mark, it was, it was art. It was unbelievable to watch him practice his craft. And it didn't matter what that guy was selling. He could have sold anything to anyone. He was so good at it. And that's what Ellis is. And in Ellis's mind here, especially on Coke, he thinks that he can broker anything because, sure. you know, he, like you said, he, he, he brokers multi-million dollar deals for breakfast. So this is nothing new to him. But now we see John is eating a Twinkie and he's talking to Al and he's kind of talking Al's language because he's eating a Twinkie. <laughs> That's a thousand years old. And Al knows all the ingredients, just like Doug knows all the gun parts. <laughs> mm -hmm. Was but, there a Family Guy episode where it's the apocalypse and they the, the, the Griffins have to go to like the Twinkie factory because that's where all the food is? I have never seen a single episode of Family Matters. No, Family Guy. Family oh, guy. Family Guy. <laughs> yeah. I've never yes, seen yes, a single episode matters. of either. Urkel, yes, there, Urkel, there's nuclear war. And Urkel's like, eh, we got to go to the Twinkie factory. I've never seen either show. Well, Stefan would you, probably show up if it was a Stephane. nuclear apologist. You know, <laughs> I thought you said apocalypse. you've never seen Family Matters before. I haven't, but I know who Stefan is. <laughs> He's the cool, the cool Urkel that he He's does the through cool like, Urkel. The, the, like the cloning machine. Yes. And so Urkel goes into the cloning machine and Stefan comes out and he fucks all everybody. Right. Yeah. He's got a smooth cock. <laughs> but um, they, they, they talk about families and Al's wife is pregnant with his first kid and John talks about his two kids and then Hans actually breaks into the conversation. Touching cowboy, touching. Or should I call you Mr. McLean? This is super long. Mm -hmm. Mr. Officer John McLean of the New York Police Department. They bring Ellis a Coke during this. Get on the phone to Harry in New York. Come on, baby. Move. Move. Got it. This is where the walkie talkie stuff doesn't work. Sister Teresa called me Mr. McLean in the third grade. My friends call me John. You're neither shithead. 
I have someone who wants to talk to you. A very special friend who was with you at the party tonight. Jan's friends, Holly. Hey, John boy. Ellis? Yeah. Now listen, John. Give me a few minutes to try to talk some sense into you. I know you think you're doing your job, John, and I can appreciate that, but you're just dragging this thing out. Now look, no one gets out of here until these guys can talk to the L.A. police, and that just ain't gonna happen until you stop messing up the works, capiche? Ellis, what have you told them? I told them we were old friends and you were my guest at the party. Ellis, you shouldn't be doing this. Tell me about it. There's the car. All right, John, listen. I want you to tell them what the detonators are. They know people are listening. They want the detonators or they're going to kill me. John, didn't you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Hey, John, I think you could get with the program a little, huh? The police are here now. It's their problem. Now, tell these guys where the detonators are so no one else gets hurt. You know, I'm putting my life on the line for you, pal. Ellis, listen to me very carefully. John. Shut up, Ellis. Just shut your mouth. Put Hans back on the line. Hans, this shithead does not know what kind of man you are, but I do. Listen. Good. Then you'll give us what we want and save your friend's life. You're not part of this equation. It's time you realized that. Hey. What am I, a method actor, Hans? Babe, put away the gun. This is radio, not television. Hans, this asshole is not my friend. I just met him tonight. I don't know him. Jesus Christ, Ellis, these people are going to kill you. Tell them you don't know me. <laughs> John, how can you say that after all these years, huh? John. John. Hans goes out and he's carrying the walkie-talkie so John can hear the people screaming. You hear that? Talk to me. Where are my detonators? Where are they? Or shall I shoot another one? Sooner or later, I might get to someone you do care about. This is the part where the walkie-talkie stuff if you watch it, it does not work because of the the way that walkie-talkies work. Mm-hmm. But we talked about other people potentially being oh. offered roles and not taking roles and how, you know, it was going to be this person, it was going to be this person. And they actually did shoot some footage before they recast certain roles in this film. Mm. And originally Hans was supposed to be played by a woman but they shot a couple scenes, including this scene, and it didn't work. But I, I actually have that clip before oh. she was fired. Really? What if I could tell you who your long ranger was? And I could produce a hostage that he really likes. Mm-hmm. And what would you want in exchange? <laughs> Well, uh, you are a very attractive woman for a terrorist. Uh, maybe there was something we could uh, 
work out. Yeah. Hmm. I think I know exactly what could work. I have something for you. Get down. Eat my tourist pusser. And now it's time for Name That Porn Star. Who is it, Joey? Actually, he, he, he just got disconnected, so... <laughs> Did he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. Okay. Okay, so you know who that porn star is? Nope. I have no idea. Okay, that's uh, Kimberly Kane. Okay. Oh, I, I, I know her. Oh, you do? <laughs> All right. She's she's pretty... She's got some meaty lips. Wait, which ones? Upper or lower? <laughs> lower. Okay. <laughs> she's, got, she's got some meat curtains. <laughs> Beef curtains, yeah. Uh, but Hans calls and Al answers, but the, the principal takes away the, the radio. And as he had said before, what are their demands? And Hans actually lists what his demands are. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You're, you're, missing, you're missing a part. Okay. Robinson's pissed. He's like, he left that guy out to dry. Oh, yeah. And then Al fights He basically with pulled and, the trigger, yeah. Yeah, and Al says, I don't think he cares what happens to him. Then... Hans gives his list of demands. No, now I lost where I was. <laughs> Shit. Sorry. Attention, police. Attention, police. This is Sergeant Al Powell. Wait, uh, this is, uh, this is uh, Deputy Chief Dwayne Robinson. Who is this? This is Hans Gruber. I assume you realize the futility of direct action against me. We have no wish for further loss of life. Well, uh, what is it you do wish for, Mr. Gruber? I have comrades in arms around the world languishing in prison. The American State Department enjoys rattling its saber for its own ends. Now I can rattle it for me. The following people are to be released from their captors. In Northern Ireland, the seven members of the new Provo Front. In Canada, the five imprisoned leaders of Liberté de Québec. In Sri Lanka, the nine members of the Asian Dawn. What the fuck? I read about them in Time magazine. When these revolutionary brothers and sisters are free, the hostages in this building will be taken to the roof and they will accompany us in helicopters to the Los Angeles International Airport where they will be given further instructions. You have two hours to comply. Wait a minute, uh, Mr. Gruber. I... This is crazy. I I, I I don't have the authority. I, I can't authorize. Two hours is not enough. Hello? 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 Danny, did you get all that? Let's go. We got to make some calls. Do you think they'll even try to do it? Who cares? You know the sad part about that clip? Hmm. That That's mm-hmm. only the second worst negotiating with the terrorists I've seen this week. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting. We send $100 million to Ukraine to fight Russia and then uh, give them back their top arms dealer. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 It, it, it is what it is. But Hans calls to Theo. Um, there's one more to go. But he says the last one will take a miracle. And Hans says, it's Christmas. It's the time of miracles. And then Hans tells Carl to find John and the detonators. And Hans will go. What will Hans go and check on? 
Joseph? The explosives. The detonators? The explosives. No, he's going to check the explosives. Yeah, okay. But John tells Al there was nothing he could do, and John doesn't believe what Hans was asking for. Something's not right. Right. Al says that's above his pay grade. He's just uh, a desk jockey. And then the TV is back on with an expert. Dr. Hasseldorf, what can we expect in the next few hours? Well, Gail, by this time, the hostages should be going through the early stages of the Helsinki syndrome. As in Helsinki, Sweden. Finland. It's just like podcasting with Doug. No. Okay, hold on a second. It's not the Helsinki syndrome. It's the Stockholm syndrome, which is in Sweden. But yeah, he said Helsinki, though. Yeah. So both of them are are wrong. But the FBI has shown up, and uh, Al offers... Robinson a breathment. A breathment, yeah. And Al would be in, in trouble for this attitude with the way he's kind of you know, not respecting the authority of his senior officer. No matter if he's right or not, it doesn't matter. Just his open kind of hostility towards him would be a problem. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But it's Agent Johnson and Special Agent Johnson. No No relation. relation. (laughs) Yeah. But the principal says, I'm in charge here. Not anymore. And so the FBI is doing to him what he did to Al. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is a thing that I never caught before, and maybe you can explain this to me. Hans is checking, or he's looking at the prime accord and the explosives, and there's a bunch of stuff that appears to be cut. Are, were those cut, or is that just like the termination of the wires? Because the I think, look he I gives think, makes it seem like this is not right. Well, I think it was that the job wasn't complete because the one guy had to go find John. The, the guy and, in the white sweater then, or Marco? And then two guys showed up, and both of those guys got killed. So I don't think the job was was completed. Okay. So he puts his gun down, kind of puts it, I don't know, what you, like in the side panel of an HVAC. That's component. a lawn chair question. What is that called? Yes. He jumps down, and this was actually one of the first scenes that was shot at, of the movie. And when he jumped down, he tore up his ankle or his knee. Yeah. And... and and was on like one of those little wheelie carts. Oh, the little squeaky thing where you have your knee on. Like yes. A, yeah. Okay. Most of the movie. <laughs> it, but he's like, please, God, you're one of them. And this scene is is one where the original clip that will come up in about 45 seconds was four minutes long. And I had to figure out what can we cut from this? Because th- this is an action film in theory, right? Mm-hmm. This is one of the most verbose action films I've ever seen. There is so much dialogue in this film. Yeah. And well, it it takes a half an hour to get to the action. And I think that's why young people don't care for it because most action films these days, it cuts right to the chase. Guns blazing. But yeah. Yeah. If you were to look at the totality of all the films we've done and you look at the 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 clip percentage the the clip percentage in the first 50 60 percent of the movie is probably in the 75 80 percent range and then it kind of hits a point in the the tail end of the film where you have very very little clips 
This mm-hmm. movie is the exact opposite. Where the the lion's share of the clips is in the back half of this film, which is very very rare. Right. But the the watch thing that I brought up earlier actually was supposed to be in this scene as well. And Hans says that he um he wants to go for the roof and he's going a certain way so he can get his gun back. And John says, if you want to stay alive, stay with me. And now we go back to the, um, the cops and the principal is saying that he's using the information that, that McLean gave to them. And he says, well, the guy might be a cop. We're checking it out. He's not one of ours. And then John actually asks who, Hans is. You smoke? Yeah. Thanks. You don't work for Nakatomi. And if you're not one of them, I'm a cop from New York. New York. Yeah. Got invited to the Christmas party by mistake. Who knew? At this point, watching this film, you should have realized that McLean knew something was up. Mm-hmm. Because yep. why would he lie about that? And. <laughs> yeah. Better being caught with your pants down, huh? But him not having shoes, <laughs> which is Chekhov's gun. And the fact that they all have the same Tag Heuer watches. Yeah. I'm John McClane. You're, uh... Clay. Bill Clay. Camera pans up to Clay, comma, WM. Now to use a handgun, Bill? Spent a weekend at a combat ranch. You know that game with the guns that shoot red paint? Probably seems kind of stupid to you. Well, time for the real thing, Bill. All you gotta do is pull the trigger. fucking TV with that accent. But what do you want with the detonators, Hans? I already used all the explosives. Or did I? I'm going to count to three. Yeah. Like you did with Takagi. Oops. No bullets. Fucking stupid, Hans. You were saying? Okay. Couple things. Mm-hmm. What was the etymology of this this whole scene? 
the etymol <clears throat> the etymology. Yes. I, I would need to know what that word means, Matt. Okay. Not Joey, smart, Joey I'm, what was I'm, the etymology I'm, of this scene? I'm not a smart man. <laughs> You're talking about the 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 breakdown of, of No, what brought this scene to be? How what was the genesis of this scene? How did this scene become? Boy, I don't know. Okay. I, th- I think I think they had two guys on a set, and they had a camera, and okay. a guy with a mic, boom right. mic. Okay. Shut up. And- Shut up. Okay. John McTiernan <laughs> heard Alan Rickman do his American accent, just offset, working oh. like prep for a play or whatever, and he said, this is fucking brilliant, and they came up with the idea for this scene because Rickman did such an, a believable American accent, which is the whole reason for this. Well, and this is one of those rare 80s action movies where the our hero and our our villain don't actually fight at the end. Right. Yeah. Um now what was the thing that John McClane saw that he knew that this was Hans? Was it the hey, I recognize his voice or was it Oh, he's holding his cigarette like a European. Well, originally it's supposed to be the watch. watch. Yeah. Okay. Because they all All had the the same type of watch. Terrorists have the same watch. Yeah. Okay. But why didn't he shoot Hans? You know, I know the elevator goes off, but why doesn't he shoot him? For sake of plot. Okay. (laughs) We we need a for sake of plot. Just for sake of plot. Um, but. Now we go into a massive firefight in the computer room. And we've seen this uh, this set before. And there's this brutal shot of somebody's knees being taken out by bullets that John is shooting. Mm-hmm. And then Hans is noticing the glass. He remembers that from three minutes ago that John is barefoot. And he says, Shinsen Finster. And, yes. for and some- Carl, Carl's like, huh? What? Shoot, Shoot the glass. glass. Yeah. Why yeah. wouldn't Carl understand this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. John eyes the exit. Um, wait, wait, wait. A- this after scene they shoot the glass. is so over the top with how much shooting there is. Yes. And those guns, we've talked about this before with lots of gunfire. Those guns would be so, the, the, the barrels would be red hot. Yes. And we see our second mm-hmm. instance of a hockey puck. Oh, yeah. Yes. And, and, not there. They come. John's not there, but Hans finds the detonators. Why didn't John grab the bag with the detonators? I mean, he knows that he Hans needs those. Sake of plot. <laughs> smile. Carla will back on business. Yeah. Carl does not smile. <laughs> and then in, in the remote truck for the TV crew, his field producer comes in and she has all of John's info, including his address in L.A., Mm-hmm. which will come to play a little bit later. But back with the rest of the terrorists, Hans and Carl get out of the elevator and Carl takes out his frustrations on like a, a portable bar. Yeah. And Holly is with happy gun, yeah. when she sees this. Why? Because she knows John's still alive. Yeah. Nobody can make anybody that angry except John. That crazy. Yeah. And John is dragging himself to the bathroom, just leaving a blood trail. And is this your... uh 
your glass and feet thing? Not yet. Not okay. yet. So the sixth seal has been broken. Um, Theo is like on the radio and I said, look what our friends outside are doing. Um, and then Al calls John while John is sitting on the on a bathroom counter and yeah. pulling glass. I got this. It. I got this. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, John. John McClain, you still with us? Yeah. With all things being equal, I'd rather be in Philadelphia. Chalk up two more bad guys. Well, the boys down here will be glad to hear that. You know we got a pool going on you. What kind of odds am I getting? You don't want to know. Put me down for 20. I'm good for it. <laughs> hey, pal. You got flat feet? What the hell are you talking about, man? Something had to get you off the street. What's the matter? You don't think jockeying papers across a desk is a noble effort for a cop? No. I had an accident. Way you drive, I can see why. What'd you do? Run over your cabin, flip the car. I shot a kid. He was 13 years old. Oh, it was dark. I couldn't see him. He had a ray gun look real enough. You know, when you're a rookie, they can teach you everything about being a cop except how to live with a mistake. myself to draw my gun on anybody again. Could you tell me where the nuclear vessels are? Sorry, man. <laughs> hey, man. How could you know? I feel like shit anyway. Well, then this won't matter. The LAPD is not calling the shots down here anymore. Fitz? You got it. All right, those are the city engineers. They're going into the street circuits. And those guys in the suits, I don't know who they are. That's the FBI. They're ordering the others to cut the building's power. Regular as clockwork. Or a time lock. Precisely. The circuits that cannot be cut are cut automatically in response to a terrorist incident. You ask for miracles, dear. I give you the FBI. And hold on a second. Yeah. They they tried out a different scenario of what Al shot, but it didn't work out really good with test audiences. Al, how's a nice cop like you move from a nice house next to Urkel? to this beat. I had an accident. Was it number one or number two? (laughs) I shot a dick. Oh, it was dark. I couldn't really see it. Guy was just masturbating in the park. You know, when you're a rookie, they can teach you everything about how to be a cop. Except how to live with a dick steak. (laughs) Do I I have to play the... No, not not yet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um so now the two okay well here's my question why the fbi guys know that there's somebody in the building why have they not talked to him 
they 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 talk to about it a little bit because when they're briefed on what's going on, they say it's like an A twenty seven scenario, and they're so cocksure about what they're doing. They they're just gonna do their shit their way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but John actually, um, <laughs> in yeah, clip after clip after clip. Uh, but the FBI has gone to, and this is a character actor. This guy's been in a bunch of shit. What else well, has this did, guy oh, been in? Did McTiernan McTier- direct Hunt for, Hunt for October? Yes. Okay, so this was the guy that, uh, is this the gentleman that wrecked the buffet? <laughs> Actually, he's in um, the movie he's in you Hunt hated. For October. He's in the movie that you hated that is awesome. No what way out. movie? Oh, okay. Well, he's in Hunt for October where he's in the transport plane that's in heavy weather that's got Jack Ryan in it. He's eating a Snickers bar and he's talking about a guy. Oh, you think this is bad? We're up here and some guy barfed all over the instrument panel. Hey, Joey, have you seen No Way Out? No, this is the the guy that's down in the the manhole in Doug's position. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's dead too. He's dead too? (laughs) Yeah. Have that in my notes. Well, 80s movies, you know. Walt. You're going to run into a lot of dead people, but right. But they're arguing about the power, and the guy, the the like the foreman. There's the guy in the manhole. I got this whole thing, f- Doug. Oh, you do another fucking clip. Yeah, Jeez. I told you it's 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 heavy. It's heavy clip right. heavy. I should have let the friggin' building shut down. Hey, I got a problem. I don't hey, care what you're talking about. I don't give two shits about what your switch. I want the building Hold out. Doc, see you don't okay. understand. You can't do it from here. Yeah, you could. It, it can't be done from here. I could just, I got the rate. We can't do it from down here, I'm telling you. It's got to be done from downtown. They've got to take on a whole city grid. We're talking. Ten square blocks. Ten blocks, gee. Yeah. Johnson, that's crazy. It's Christmas Eve, man. There's thousands of people. You have to we go can't. wider. Look, the I mayor will have my ass. Authorization. How about the United States fucking government? That's Dobby, hey. right? Or you lose your job. Robert Dobby? Yeah. yeah. He was in the bottom. Yeah, zone. Central? Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is Walt uh, down at Nakatomi. Uh, say, listen, uh, would it be possible for you to turn off uh, Grid 212? Are you crazy? Maybe I should call the mayor on this. You know? Hey, no shit, it's my ass. I got a big problem down here. Shut it down. Shut it down now. Load the joy. Minor key. Pal, pal, talk to me. What's going on here? Ask the FBI. They got the universal terrorist playbook, and they're running it step by step. It's going to go. It's going to go! Major key. It, it, as the vault is opening, there's this that Christmas music, and Han's hair is blowing in the wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed that, too. From where? <laughs> right. The door opening so quickly that it, that it blew his hair. Now, wouldn't something like this have its own power supply? Yes. Well, I mean the the fact that you have that voice over they have emergency power of some mm-hmm. sort. You'd think that it would run on its own generator or battery or whatever. It would have its own backup. You'd think. Yes. But the yes. FBI is laughing about this, and the guys the, guys must be pissing their pants right now. 
and Theo and the rest of them are going into the vault and they're opening shit. There's a lot of cool shit in there as well as yes. the money. A lot of uh, Japanese like samurai shit. Yeah, we always well, we see a Gungan shield <laughs> and we see some Beskar. <laughs> and we see uh, we? P- Padme's uh, headdress. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But uh, the FBI we see what's thinks- in the case. Okay. Go on. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was thinking about Pulp Fiction. What's in the case? Oh, it's oh, batteries yeah. and a light. That's in there too. And it's actually yeah. supposed to be uh, Marsalis Wallace's soul, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's never been actually confirmed what it is, but that's how I interpret it. Well, given the fact that it's Quentin Tarantino, it's probably a picture of somebody's fucking feet. Oh, does he dig feet? <laughs> oh yeah, he's a big foot fetishist. Okay, who's the really? uh, who was the coach for the Jets, the New York Jets that was in the? Oh, Rex Ryan. The, yeah, Rex, Rex Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, I think these are the moments that... in in your podcast where I'm always correcting you guys. Like I know this shit right away. I, th- so I think there's, you're all, you're big, you I, all know about, you know, sex fetishes. That's, that's your, you, your strong suit. That's are your, you, are you, a, are you a big feet guy, Joey? <laughs> no, I just remember names. Okay. Yeah. No, I think there's YouTube videos thing. out there. Yeah. No, I could care less about feet. It's uh, all same. Yeah. You know, feet or feet, whatever. But, um, the FBI thinks they have the shit under control. They're bringing in helicopters, but they're not just helicopters. What are they? Armed helicopters. They're gunships. Yeah. Yes. And I was thinking that, you know, gunships, I'm thinking more of a, like a Blue Thunder, not a Huey with, you know, uh, like machine gun mounts on it. And rocket pods. Okay. But Hans calls them. He's ready to negotiate. Yep. Well, you ready for another one? Oh, okay. (laughs) We're getting close to the end here. So Um, Hans wants to talk to. I wish to talk to the FBI. This is Special Agent Johnson of the FBI. The State Department has arranged for the return of your comrades. Helicopters are en route, as you requested. I hear you. We'll be ready. Let me figure out what hit them. They'll be in a body bag. When it gets down, we'll blow the roof. They'll spend a month sifting through the rubble, and by the time they figure out what went wrong, we'll be sitting on a beach earning 20%. 9%. It's actually, it's actually a really clever idea. It's not used again until Die Hard with a Vengeance. Same exact thing where there's the the whole like sleight of hand where it's like, hey, you're looking over here. I'm moving all the shit over this way. Okay. Is but, that, is, is that mm, the one with Samuel L. Jackson? Yes. Okay. Where he hates everybody? Yes. Or the other thing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but On the sandwich board? Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. But there's there's several movies where this kind of idea takes place. I think a Quick Change with Bill Murray is one of them, and then uh, is it Inside Man, the 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 bank vault one. Same thing where they kind of trick to like the the actual perpetrators come out with the the victims. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and the other guy, Clive Owen, is behind a false wall in the uh, supply room. Yeah, that's a great movie. By the way, I that, really like that movie. Inside, and I'm Man, not a, I'm, I'm not a Spike Lee fan. I do not like Spike Lee's films, but that but film like, is actually really good. Yes, there's a series called Inside Man, isn't there? Uh, is this like a porn thing? No, or? no. I think yeah, I, it's I like thinking. a uh, legit series on like Amazon or Netflix or something. Oh, uh, is, is it based on on that? I don't know. I haven't seen it, but I do, I think I think there is. 
But uh, anyway, the John calls it. thing is incorrect. Um, period correct would be 9%. And to make that money and cash those bonds in, you'd have to be present at a bank to actually do that. So I don't know how you fake your death and hmm. cash those bonds in. Well, they have them. They, they I, actually physically have them, though. But to actually turn them into currency, you'd have to bring them to a bank. Well, right. Like but I, I think I, or... I read in the IMDb notes with those types of bonds that it doesn't matter who it is. As long as you have them, the bank had to cash them. Okay. So you could show up and be like, hey, I'm. It's like a silver you know, cer- certificate. Yeah. I'm, I'm Franco Harris. <laughs> but cash, cash these bonds, please. Uh, John calls Al. And he has a bad feeling. I think this is the last long clip, but this is, is the it? one where I have a bad feeling about this. Yeah, where this is actually where there's a little bit of real acting in this film. I want you to do something for me. Um, <clears throat> I want you to find my wife. Don't ask me how, by then you'll know how. Uh, I want you to tell her something. I want you to tell her that um, I told her it took me a while to figure out uh, what a jerk I've been but um, that that when things started to pan out for her I should have been more supportive and uh I just should have been behind her more. Tell her that um, that she is the best thing that ever happened to a bum like me. She's heard me saying I love you a thousand times. She never heard me say I'm sorry. I want you to tell her that, Al. I want you to tell her that uh, John said that he was sorry. Okay? You got that, man? Yeah, I got it, John. But you can tell her that yourself. You just watch your ass and you'll make it out of there. You hear me? Well, I guess that's up to the man upstairs. Okay, and this transitions into something important pretty quick, but... He does say he should have been behind her more. Is that a wobbly H thing? (laughs) No, that's just more, you know, ass play for your wife. But no, as a a 16-year-old Matt, I I see this one way. And as a 15-year-old Matt, 50, 50, not 15, 50-year-old Matt, I see this a different way. And I think of, you know, this resonates a lot more now than it did then. Because, I mean, I had, you know, chicks I was with whatever then, but I did not have my, my my wife of 20 years then. And I think of, you know, what 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 do I say to my wife if I know I'm never going to have a chance to say anything to her again? Clear my computer history. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, that would be something you would the most money. That would be something you would tell me. <laughs> Doug, you need to drive down to Ohio. Yes. (laughs) Take my computers and throw them in a fire. (laughs) 
No, I mean you permission to throw all my CDs away. I I think that th- and this is legitimately a it is the you were my brother Anakin moment of this film. Mm-hmm. And I've seen so much about Andor, which Joey, did you watch Andor? I did. What do you think? I love it. Is it the best Star Wars ever? Uh how do you mean like offshoot series series no just in general i mean people say it is the best star wars ever i like how it lives outside of star wars in a way it's almost like an hbo show in a way okay yeah that's Uh, fair i like how it stands on its own I, i wouldn't say the best but with i was arguing with someone online which is what i do about uh andor and i said and they said that it's the best star wars it's got the best acting ever it's like no the best acting ever in star wars is when obi-wan is sitting when he's got the high ground (laughs) over anakin and he says you are my brother that 15 second clip is the best acting in star wars across all of it whether it be tv shows movies whatever there's nothing in any other property of star wars that matches that oh come on peli in Tatooine is a fantastic actress. Is she one of the ones on the scooter? No, she's the she has the docking bay in ta- on Tatooine, or she's not the docking bay, the the landing bay. Well, as much as I'm a fan of docking, no, that, that doesn't that doesn't track. <laughs> or I'm uh, not a fan of docking. <laughs> or uh, uh, Tarlos Calican. <laughs> he was great, but that whole clip sparked something in John. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck were you doing upstairs, Hans? And he tells Al to just lay off for a while. I have to check on something. And then the reporter, the principal, yes. is is at the house. and Not the principal. Thornburg. Yeah, the principal. No, he's not the principal. That's the, Robinson's the principal. Thornburg, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You are correct. You are Thornburg correct. is the dean of science in Real Genius. Is, is that a film we will do? I've thought about no. it. No, I've watched the first five minutes of it. It is so bad. It doesn't preclude it from being one that we do, but no, but I'm, it's I'm embarrassed for Val Kilmer in that movie. But he um, he's talking to the housekeeper. Yes. One minute. That's all I'm asking. One minute just to speak. No. All right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Get back. Get no. Back. No. Oh, no. All right. All right. No, Esther. Look, look. You let me in right now, or I call the INS. Comprende? Look. This is the last time these kids are going to have to speak to their parents. All right? All right. Come on. Come on. Jen actually got angry at this point. And she mm. said, what an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, he would not. I mean, he would be under arrest for doing something like this. No, no, he would not. Yes. Yes, he would. No, he you would can't. Not. You can't interview children without parental consent and then put them it's put proxies until no uh, oh no 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 <laughs> no put her in the book <laughs> but john is making a lot of noise as he's back on the floor um with the prime accord which as he's walking around he's what the fuck are you doing hans why yeah. are you up here it's like yes. don't you want to not be like drawing attention to yourself right but he pulls himself up Sees all the explosives, just like blocks and blocks and blocks. There's like of, one or two of them up there. 
there's more than that. Just like thirty or forty. It's a lot. It's like it's it's, it's like the, it's, it's it's like all the eggs in a in aliens. Oh yeah, it's a holy shit moment when you see it, and it is a movie tropey thing. They have the 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 lead indicator, which is beeping. Lead, light emitting diode, the little oh, red okay. thing that blinks. All right, LED. But yes, LED, Matt, not lead. Because <laughs> when I was thinking lead, I was thinking like lead sinkers that you would use for fishing. Okay, yeah, I got so, lost for a sec. So I got a middle finger for either of you on both sides of my <laughs> microphone. <laughs> but uh, he, yeah, a little bit of C4 there. And he calls to Al, but he gets interrupted by Carl. Well, he, said, he says, it's a double cross. It's a double cross. And then Carl has his Steyer Aug. 5.56 millimeter <laughs> into his cheek, Bull, but bullpup and um, Al yeah. and the other cops couldn't make it out. They they thought that John said he saw a curl, which you of course know oh, is a comet a with an east west tra- trajectory. Yes, <laughs> Joey, do you have any idea what that means? No, Superman two. Okay, <laughs> I'm impressed. Doug. I'm actually impressed you got that. <laughs> But uh, Carl says, we're professionals. This is personal. This and, is personal. And they fight. Yeah. And this is a No, this brutal... is it. He goes, yeah, this is personal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they fight. And this is a brutal fight. And I actually oh, have a clip yeah. from the fight, but it's going to come at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And the, the gunships are inbound. And Hans is informed that the helicopters are coming. And just as he stands, the news report comes on with the reporter from the house and Hans turns over the picture, and he pulls out his gun and shoots for absolutely no reason. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, Mrs. McLean, how very nice to make your acquaintance. And then we go back to Carl and John. They're fighting, and he's banging his head onto something. And he says, you know, that's how your brother squealed when I broke his neck. And then we go out to uh, the helicopters. Yes. What do you figure? The breakage. Figure we take out the terrorists, lose 20, 25% of the hostages. Tops. I can live with that. Get this thing on the deck. They're expecting transports, not gunships. And uh, the the candy bar thief is ushering the hostages to the roof. Mm -hmm. And Hans takes Holly. I thought it said... In my notes, it says down to the vault, but it's actually just to the vault. And she's mm-hmm. insurance. And Hans calls for John, but John is kind of busy. What is he busy doing? Well, he's fighting Carl. Well, he's getting his ass kicked. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and yeah. Carl Carl shoots him in the arm. Um, I did not remember that he got shot in the shoulder. Okay. I did. But... Mm-mm. More fighting, kind of like how, kind of like how you yeah, didn't yeah, remember yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. a terrorist with an M60 shot up Al's car. <laughs> but uh, Theo is arming the explosives as Hans is throwing money in the bag, and then Holly, yeah. Hold on a second. Yeah. Hold on a second. John jumps Carl, and he motherfucks him. You motherfucker! I'll kill you. Hans tells Theo to get the truck. Then Holly chastises Hans. Mm-hmm. After all your posturing, all your little speeches, you're nothing but a common thief. I am an exceptional thief, Mrs. McLean, and since I'm moving up to kidnapping, you should be more polite. 
And then uh, John and Hans continue to fight. And I have kind John, of like John and Carl, John and Carl, John and Carl. Sorry, mm-hmm. you're right. Yes, I have the uh, Carl fight highlights. John's motherfucking him a lot. <laughs> he sure is. Yeah. He, you he, you. Yeah. He wraps a, a chain around Carl's neck and kind of throws him down a, what do you call that? Like overhead thing that he goes down with the chain. Oh, it's the same kind of thing that the terrorist constructed on the USS Missouri in the Steven Seagal classic under siege to move the nuclear missiles. <laughs> but he kind of slams into a wall and then, uh, the the head police guy doesn't like how this is going. Yeah, Robin says, "I don't like this." <laughs> uh, and then they're in the the uh, the gun helicopter. And I remember seeing this part in the theater where the the two choppers are flying through the buildings and hugging the deck, and the sound and just being completely <sighs> yeah fucking blown away as a fifteen year old kid seeing this, just like fucking Saigon. I was in junior high, dickhead. <laughs> that I, yeah. that stuck in my head for a long time. But I, I in my notes it says they had twenty minutes to get the helicopter shit right, but apparently it was more than that. Because I think you said fifty minutes before. It was. It may, I, I may be wrong, but I know it was more than twenty minutes. But it's not a lot, though. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. But John shoots the candy bar terrorist. Yeah, he's looking for Holly. Holy. The pregnant, yep. the pregnant chick says. She's in the vault. Um, he's trying to get everybody downstairs. Yeah, nobody's listening to him, though. No, no. How are they listening, Matt? <laughs> uh, just like a woman. Is that what you so wanted? He, yes. So he has to shoot in the air, and the FBI guys are like, they made us. So they have the door gunner open up with his M60, um, but the people are going downstairs and they are filing past Carl who's all wrapped up in chains still uh they're shooting at him and John starts opening up a panel and is pulling out a hose mm-hmm. and he says to himself what I say basically before every podcast oh John what the fuck are you doing how the fuck did you get into this shit <laughs> drunk Doug <laughs> texted Matt at midnight hey man <laughs> Want to do a podcast? Were you drunk Blow when you sent that? Oh, I was two bourbons into a three bourbon night. Yes. I didn't know that part. <laughs> I wouldn't have come up with this idea sober. <laughs> uh, but uh, Huey Lewis um, runs out. They're coming back down. And Hans says, blow the roof. And somebody says, mm-hmm. but Carl's up there. And Hans is like, I don't give a fuck. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah. And, and then, Hans, blow, Hans yeah. blows. John jumps. The chopper gets blown up. There's this thing where right before John jumps, as he's like spooling out the uh, the hose, he says this. I promise I'll never even think about going up in a tall building again. Please don't let me die. And that is that small clip. That is the reason why this film works. Is because how many times? How many times have you been? 
resting your forehead on a cold porcelain toilet going, God, get me through this. I swear I'll never drink again. <laughs> been there. Yeah, yeah, been there. But John is just a man. McLean is just a man. He's not perfect. He's not indestructible. He is fallible. And that is why this film is – that's why this film works is because he's not us, but he could be a version of us. Mm-hmm. He's but, an everyman. And then boom, off the side of the building, and he's kind of trapped on the outside, and he well, shoots – Well, the, the reel gets loose. It's up against the – what do you what, 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 what do you call that? The upper ledge of the, the roof the of building. the building? Yeah. yeah. And he's – He's he's got his his feet on the glass, leaving big bloody smears, and he pushes mm-hmm. himself off, pulls out his nine millimeter Beretta ninety two F with uh, a <laughs> yeah, fifteen that. Fi- yeah. yeah fifteen round magazine his gone you know sixteen if if with one if if he's got one in the pipe not a clip a magazine yes that's right okay okay did I say clip or did I say magazine no you said magazine I did okay all right uh, shoots. And lands in the building, and then what happens from there? Well, the first of all, they actually did this on a TV show to prove whether or not this could be done or not. Okay. Uh, it wasn't Mythbusters, but it was something similar to that. Mm-hmm. And they actually showed, yeah, this actually could happen. Oh, they did this on Family Ties. <laughs> what? Yeah, Alex P. Keaton was like on a building, and he's talking about his love of Ronald Reagan, and... <laughs> APK. <laughs> yes, and then um who was the garbage man that was dating um Mallory? Oh, Nick. Nick. Yeah, Nick. Nick. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, man. Hey, yo. <laughs> but the hose flies down and almost pulls him out the window and it it's just chaos and shit is just absolutely falling apart and the helicopter blows up and a shitload of damage happens. And well, your- he he jump he jumps in a fountain which we saw him do earlier, and this fountain was modeled after a Frank Lloyd Wright yes. fountain in one of his houses. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, yes, you have the a, chopper you- blows up, and then Deputy Chief Dwayne Robinson says this: "Holy Christ! Oh, Gonna need some more FBI guys, I guess." And then I think we hear our last elevator ding here. And it just yeah. blows up. Uh, yeah. Indiscriminate elevator explosion for no reason whatsoever. It fucking made me laugh. I, I got to be honest. It's like when yeah. the, the elevator ding went off and it blew up, I laughed out loud at that. Uh-huh. And then yeah. a Christmas tree falls and there's some subtle Christmas music in the background. Down in the garage, Argyle sees Theo drive an ambulance out of the truck. And... On the 30th floor, Holly and Hans are fighting. And John does a bullet check. How many bullets does he have left? He's got two, two. bullets. Right. But then he sees, like, wrapping paper and tape. Um, Argyle goes to the ambulance. What does he do to Theo? He punches him. And actually, he punched him in real life. Oh, he did? Yeah. Really? That was in the notes. And then uh, John punches a guy, and yeah. the bonds just kind of spread out all over the floor, and he walks out of the shadows. Okay, and then I got a clip for this. Well, Holly says Jesus, and then... Hi, honey. Hans! Fuck me. 
We're almost there, honey. Is that what this is all about? Gift certificates? No, they're bonds. You're gonna smoke weed out of those? No, not bongs, bonds, and they are worth a lot of money. 69 million. You can smoke a lot of weed out of those with that kind of cash, Hans. Wait. What? What if we all have sex? Is this some sort of Alan Trickman? Uh, nope. What if we have a threesome and I just send you on your way with all those gift certificates and you can spend them at McDonald's or wherever it was you were going? And now it's time for Name That Porn Star. Oh, yeah. Anybody? Anyone? Brooklyn Lee. No. Joey? No. Lexi Bell. No idea. R- Rochelle Ryan. Jeez. Big old, big old fake hooters. But the great thing about this parody is there's no guns. Every every time there should be a gun in their hand, it's, it's a, a dildo. dildo. <laughs> yes. What what movie is that? It's like Die Hardest or something. I don't know. But it, the problem is, is you can't find it anywhere. It's a it's a 27 minute clip with just chunks of the movie with no sex, and then the that that three way at the end is the whole thing. So See, I pulled my clip from uh, This Ain't Die Hard. Yes, I saw I saw parts of that, and I'm like. Eh. I can't make it work. This was higher quality. <laughs> if you can okay. say that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's negotiable. But uh, yeah. Huey Lewis is moving towards a handcart that has a machine mm. gun that is kind of like attached to it. Yes. And then I believe there's literally one more clip. No, there's more than one. Okay. That's what this is all about? Fucking robbery? Put down the gun. Why'd you have to nuke the whole building, Hans? Well, when you steal $600, you can't just disappear. When you steal $600 million, they will find you unless they think you're already dead. Put down the gun. Bang, this is mine. You got me. Still the cowboy, Mr. McLean, Americans all alike. Well, this time John Wayne does not walk off into the sunset with Grace Kelly. This Gary Cooper, asshole. Enough jokes. You made a pretty good cowboy yourself, Hans. Oh, yes. What was it you said to me before? yippee ki motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Happy trails, Hans. So he blows the after he fires both bullets, the slide comes out. Yes, and he blows like the yeah. When smoke when he gives the gun to Hans back on the floor with 
the HVAC shit. When he pulled the trigger and there was no gun or no bullet in the chamber and no bullets in the magazine, would that mm-hmm. have caused the slide to retract? No. Okay. But how did he get that gun back? Oh, he, does he take it from him? He must take it from him. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, you're the gun guy. I, I don't well, know. Well, no, but yeah, but I think when you yeah, click, 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 no, the slide's not going to come back because the slide is going to come back from the pressure of the, you know, the, the energy from the bullet leaving the cartridge. Okay. Okay. So, but uh, yes. Hans is kind of hanging out the window and he's holding on to Holly. And when the, I saw, when I saw this as a kid, I honestly thought that Holly was going to die. Is it a better movie if she does? No. She has to be in Die Hard 2, right? She does. She's in Die Hard 3 as well. Mm. I've not seen that. You've never seen she, Die Hard with a Vengeance? She's no. on the phone. Yes. That you never see her. Correct. That's correct. You've never seen Die Hard? Die Hard with a Vengeance is, is, it plays like a lethal weapon movie. Because, Matt? It was originally supposed to be. Uh, called Simon Says was the yeah. original script. Hmm. It's, yeah. you know, it, okay, well, let's get through the movie, then we can do that part of it. Okay, but so he undoes the watch. The Hans Rolex. Points, which, the Rolex. Yeah, it's play, paying off from before. Hans points hmm. the gun at him. He actually did fall 40 feet. He did was on a cable, and they were supposed to go on three. one, two, three, <laughs> drop, and but they did one, two, drop, and that's why he has that great surprised look on his face. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And, and Robinson, what does Robinson say? God, I hope that's not a hostage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then John and Holly start making out here, mm-hmm. and he's all bloody and just, eh. It's sweaty. What did he have? What did they have? Like twelve different wife beaters that were all stained in varying colors that he wore throughout the film. Yeah, they're in. Well, they were in uh, Planet Hollywoods all across the country. Mm-hmm. But the one he's got on right now is wrapped around his foot. Um, yeah, I thought it was the the bonds that are falling from the sky, but apparently it's just paper. Yeah, because there's just blank sheets of paper. Yeah, white and green. And mm-hmm. uh, the news truck pulls up and. Uh, John is down on the, the ground level along with Holly, and he has on a fireman's coat. One of two, uh, actually one of three diehard films, he ends up with a fireman's coat on, the first three. Hey, how about that? And he sees Al in the crowd, and they just kind of have this, you know, look across the crowd, and Al shakes his head, and they just smile at each other, and Al laughs, and they hug. And then and he does the very... Ha ha! That that Bruce Willis laugh that we saw a thousand times in Moonlighting. Yeah. Until now, and I don't. I mean, I don't know if we really see it again ever. I think I think he kind of retired that with this movie. No, it's in White Elephant. What's White Elephant? It's a film I watched of his that came out last year. <laughs> oh, lovely! <laughs> Straight to Redbox. Yeah. I, Does I've he been, remember his lines in that one? No, he's he's in it very, very, very seldom. <laughs> you love those Bruce Willis straight to Redbox movies. I don't the, know why you torture yourself. I like watching bad shit, which we'll get into in what you're watching. But okay, they hug, and then uh, John introduces Holly as Holly Gennaro, and she corrects it as Holly McLean. Yeah, 
Robinson comes in. He starts bitching. John is about to deck him. Yeah, yeah, John steps to him, and then Carl comes up. Carl's, uh, well, how is Carl looking? He's not good. Not, not great, great, Bob. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what does he have? Come on. Can you remember? For, for, for five bucks, can you remember the name of the, the rifle that he's got? Come Could on. Gone. <laughs> what is it? I've said it twice. I don't know. MP5? No. It's the, that's the other one. That's the 9mm. This is the uh, this is the five point five six millimeter bullpup Steyer Aug. Words, words. They suck. Everybody, so everybody takes that's cover. That's gonna do you a lot of good. And uh, Carl, hey, is- when the apocalypse comes and they need you guys need a weapons guy, I'm gonna be like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna be with these people over here who appreciate my knowledge. I don't need to know what a weapon's called. All I need to know is how to fire a weapon. And without me. You're going to be like, what does this thing do? Wait, how do I, I fired a thing? gun before? Yeah, with my super under my supervision. No, you are it's like you're I am not your gun bitch. I fired guns without you. I've gone to Almost a range here. The only time I ever fired guns have been with the guy that uh had me watch Die Hard in 1990. Okay. He's no longer alive, but was and it, he died was it from gun a related? Gunshot. He yes, died from a gunshot at 15 Jeez. years old, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Wait, we're going to bring the podcast down. Kid. Yeah, man. <laughs> Jesus. This is why I don't watch these movies. <laughs> uh, okay. Right. But-, but he screams. It's Carl. What does Al do? He shoots. And then he and says. Then he says and, and then he says this. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> no, actually, that, that was his son that says that. <laughs> Indeed. And now Argyle busts out from the garage, and John says, oh, he's with me. And uh, Thornburg, the reporter, says, is there, and he sticks a mic in their face, and Holly punches him, which actually does come up in Die Hard 2. Have you seen Die Hard 2, Joey? I have, but I don't remember anything about it. It's Mm. it's good. Okay, but um, Holly punches him, and And then... then Thornburg Thornburg turns to the camera, and he says, did you get that? Well... Which also was ad lib. In the last line of the film. This is their idea of Christmas. I gotta be here for New Year's. <laughs> and the Christmas music Let it swells. Snow. Yeah, who okay? Who sing what what version of Let It Snow? Who's it by? Vaughn Monroe and his oh! with the Norton sisters. There you go. No, as the credits are rolling and it's still live action, if you will. Goddamn. And then fade to black. So I guess it's uh, Joey's movie. You've only seen mm-hmm. it once, but did it hold up for you? Well, I've seen it three times now. Okay. Uh, hell yeah, man. Great movie. Doug? Uh, it didn't hold up. I didn't really like it. <laughs> I do not believe you. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. This fucking, this, this, this viewing firmly put it in the top ten. Uh, I, this is a top five film for me. Okay. And this is a film, so I, and you you got a little piece of this from, from doing the podcast. Anytime you are watching a film for the podcast, it is a commitment for Doug to the equivalent of at least watching it twice because you have the, the watch of it and then you have the podcast of it. For me, yeah. it is the equivalent of watching the movie five times. <laughs> Oh, shit. Because you That's... have 
watching it, then you have the podcast, then you have the editing, and then you have the re-listen, then you have the second re-listen. So, yeah. see, you, I don't, I can't believe you listened to it, the podcast twice. I listened to it once, and sometimes that's how I get all of my, you know, housekeeping stuff. Well, so do I, but I, I get that on the first listen. I, I I can't keep the notes when I'm listening to it like immediately. I would be listening to this podcast 25 minutes from now. I'm not in condition to be taking notes for the podcast. Why do you listen to it the set? Don't you just know like okay, I want to make sure end. that it worked. <clears throat> All right. Hmm. But uh okay. so um I guess uh that takes us to This may sound silly to you, but kids go completely ape if you do three things in a picture. Defy authority, destroy property, and take people's clothes off. Yeah, it's, it's nailing all three. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so would you recommend it? Yeah, of course. Fuck yeah. In fact, I will probably – I the next time my kid says, Dad, can we watch a movie? I'm going to be like, we're watching Die Hard, motherfucker. Okay. Uh, so before we get into the very last thing, I have this. Still great. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what do you say we make it a double feature? What else you're in? Die Hard 2. <laughs> Joey, this is Die Hard 1 again. Oh. But we watch it a second time and it's Die Hard 2. <laughs> Joey, we just saw it. And? And it would be cool to see it again. Yeah! Die, die Hard! <laughs> Dude, you didn't say Die Hard. <laughs> Is everything okay? Yeah, I just got uh, got plans. Well, John McClane had plans. <laughs> now, you see, the thing is, I want to get out of here before Joey gets all worked up and starts calling everybody bitch. What are you talking about, bitch? Weird podcast where we have more friends clips than Family Guy clips. Uh, yeah. But we have... And now it's time for Jen's two-second movie review. I loved it. That was Jen's two-second movie review. Jen! And we also have bonus clip. And now it's time for Carrie's two-second movie review. Mmm, McLean. And that was Carrie's two-second movie review. Oh, yeah. Right there, Carrie. (laughs) (laughs) Like the reverb? (laughs) Nice. Little addition. Uh-huh. I like that. Uh, so, moving on. Watch ya. Watch ya. Watch ya. Watch ya So, first, I want to just kind of open up to Joey. You know what we've been watching. Is there something that we have missed that you've seen that we you think would be worth checking out? Uh, that's my first thing that I've been watching on my own. My wife won't watch it with me, but... I have tried, this is my third time through trying to watch this, but um, I keep hearing about how The Wire is so good. The Wire is fucking awesome. I'm um, in season three, mm. and I'm finally in. Okay. So I watched the entire first season, and I was kind of like, it's meh positive. It, it's not so, it wasn't something that like blew me away. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not really that kind of show, I guess, but. It, the thing about The Wire that's hard is you watch the first season and you can be all in on the first season and you start watching the second season of The Wire 
and it, it is such a huge shift. Yeah. That you you it takes you a couple episodes to get into it. Um does think, it go, does it go from four three to sixteen nine? <laughs> I don't know. But the um the last season of the wire is whatever. But I think there's five seasons. The first four are really good. Yeah, I'm in, right. in the middle of three right now. It's 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 not I guess it is riveting, but it's at the same time it's not. But you buy into the characters. Like just McNulty and how he's a piece of shit cop and it's I don't know. I enjoy it. He was in uh, Phantom Menace. McNulty? Which one's McNulty? He is the same guy that plays Prince Charles on the current season of The Crown. I don't oh, know who right. that is. I don't know who that is either. Okay, he also was in The Affair. Oh, that guy. Um, he was the... He played... No, that was the different guy. <laughs> that was Luke Evans. This guy is... He played Jigsaw in a Punisher movie, I think. Like the last time they made an Dominic Punisher. West. There you go. Yes, he plays Pun- Jigsaw in a Punisher movie. So, okay. Beyond so he's that, the, he, he, he's um, a piece of shit. Things you guys have also watched that I'm watching are Welcome to Wrexham. I don't know. I'm not familiar with um, that. Yellowstone. We're current. Mm-hmm. Succession season two. Hold on, I dropped out. Okay, so uh, Doug, you want to jump in here while he drops? Yeah. Out? Um, Yellowstone. Uh, interested to see where it goes with their, their big ride up into the mountains with everybody. It was, I was a little emotional. I was a little disappointed that Beth and the um, granola chick just kind of settled their differences over punches. It was a good fight. It was quite a fight. It was. Yeah. They would be looking way bloodier and more. their faces would be all puffy and fucked up. And I, and I think Yellowstone does a really good job of that when somebody gets punched that bruise sticks around for a couple of episodes. Well, like yeah, Beth, Beth has, like when, yeah, when, when she got blowed up, she she looked like she got blowed up for the the entire season. And then even still now, she's got some after effects of it. Okay, so you guys both watch Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. Are there any good characters or good people on Yellowstone? What happened to the dude Jimmy? Is he out is he off He's the a, show? Uh the the four sixes. Okay, is he off the show for good though, or they're they're of... actually going to have a four sixes show? Okay, but yeah, he left. Okay, and Jimmy. Uh, okay, I'll give you Jimmy. Jimmy was a good guy. Yeah, yeah, but um, outside of him, hmm, you know, people the... will say that. Uh, oh God, what the fuck is Beth's husband's name? Rip, 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 Rip is not a good guy. He kills people. Yeah, yeah. You gotta go to the train station. You gotta go to the train station. <laughs> who's the who's the the older guy that had the birthday with the white mustache? What's he's not. He's taking people to the train station too. Yeah, I guess. So. Yeah, he has. And he's, he's been awesome. around like, forever. Yeah, I like him. I like the black. I, dude I mean, too. it's not saying I don't like the guys. It's just they're not good characters. I mean, they're not good people. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, the yeah. wolves and the collars, all that shit. Uh huh. Well, you gotta do what you gotta do to you know protect your livestock. Okay, so, so back to you, Joey. Uh, we're in Succession season two. It's a great show, and I we're halfway through a Christmas story. Christmas. Mm. How's that? 
Uh, yeah, that says it right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, that's why we're in the middle of it. Did it's, you ever watch one of those things that? Did you watch Eight yes. Bit Christmas? How was that? For sure. It's, it's great. Okay. Would a kid like it? Yeah, our okay. kid liked it. All right. All right. N- Nintendo getting a n- Nintendo in the eighties yeah, or nineties. Yeah, that was a, that was a big deal. That was a big deal. I remember getting my my Nintendo and coming home and, and having uh, Super Mario Brothers, Street Fighter, and Street Top Fighter. Gun. I don't was it Street? It was a, it was no Double Dragon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Double Dragon. We still play that around here. We still play our old Nintendo. Okay. I have one of those things that I got from the State Fair that has like 600 games on it. It says it has 600 games on it. But as you're going through the menu, it's like, yeah, that's a repeat, that's a repeat, that's a repeat. Yeah. yeah. Bunch of shit games, too. Right. Garbage games. Yes. So, that's it. And then lastly, uh, my – I've said this before on the podcast, but every Christmas I watch this movie called Cooper's Camera. Oh, yes. Which, you've talked about that. No one, not one motherfucking person that I've told to watch this movie has watched it. So that goes it to was show on my a- clout. It was on Amazon. I don't think it's on Amazon anymore. It's it's funny. Okay. Lloyd Braun's in it from Seinfeld. Okay. <laughs> Dave Foley's in it. All right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good. Watch it, please. Okay. All right. That's Off all. to me. Uh, Yellowstone, um, Echo 3. Uh, which is on Apple, highly recommend Echo 3. It's, you think it's going one way and then it completely turns. And I'm, it's, I, I'm really, there's certain things that you have to read between the lines on it, but I'm really liking it. Uh, Luke Evans is the guy that I was thinking that was the, the Dominic West. He was guest on in the live action version of Beauty and the Beast, which you guys are both like, what? Uh, I watched this movie called Troll, which is a Norwegian movie. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. Okay. I I haven't quite finished it yet. Should I continue watching it or, or shit can it? It is what it is, you know. Okay, exactly. Um, I watched this documentary called Retrograde, which is about the end times in Afghanistan, uh, which happened a year and a half ago. Um very interesting take because it basically it's a Nat Geo show that was on Disney and it follows this general Afghani general uh, who runs the special forces for the Afghani army and it's, it's the last fifteen minutes are really really rough to watch um, and then I'm going through my annual dusting. Of all my shit that I have, all my Legos and G.I. Joes and Star Wars stuff and taking everything off the shelf and dusting it and wiping it down. And while I'm doing that, I've got, I have had the Mandalorian season one on. Um, God damn, that's, that was a good show. Yeah. It surprised me. And, and- I mean, even the, even the episodes where I was kind of like, eh, like the, the one where they go to the shrimp harvesting planet. It's still really good, oh, yeah. man. And yeah. then um, the uh, the gunslinger, Tarlos Calican, where we first meet Fennec Shan, mm-hmm. who has become like this huge character in the in the Star Wars universe with the Bad Batch and Boba Fett. Um, have you seen the the 
trailer for Bad Batch season two? No, that comes out in January. Doesn't no, it? yeah, yeah. They just released a trailer for that, and they released a tra- new trailer for Mandalorian season three as well. You know, Apple so. is fucking assholes because they trick they trickle this shit out so you can't cancel. Yeah, and you know, I right now I have nothing to watch on Apple. But yep, watch Ed. Echo Three. You'll like it. Echo Three is really good. I mean, really, it's really good. All right. So, um, yeah, that's it. Okay. So I watched uh, this doc documentary on Ghislaine Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Nice. And it was the same same type of documentary that was done about. Um, oh God, what's the guy that didn't kill himself in prison? Epstein. Epstein. And yeah. he got three episodes. She only got one. <laughs> <laughs> She's an awful person, but it was, it, it's, Doug and I have talked about how at a certain point you have to take accountability for decisions you make, but it doesn't change the fact she's a terrible person. I've seen all of Rick and Morty. Um, all of it? Yeah, all of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Binge watch that shit. I uh, watched the first episode of Wednesday. How's that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's – I'm going to watch the second episode. Um, but, of course, uh, the uh, – what do you call it? Um, the guy from The Office, his show is coming back. Oh, Tom Clancy's yeah. uh, Jack Ryan. Yeah, Jack Ryan that's coming back next week. So mm-hmm. Jim Halpert. Yeah, I like that show. Yeah, so I, did I. And I, I. I like him a lot because I really feel he's done some stuff – that you're talking about the actor, yes, with John his, Krasinski, the Quiet yes. Place, that he aligns a lot with my beliefs. Like, have, have you seen Thirteen Hours? No, uh, does he look so. at the camera a lot? No, Thirteen Hours. It's the it's the Benghazi raid that certain oh, people yeah. didn't send support, and he's he's in that. That's a that's a really really good movie. Because from what I understand, it really follows the, the the course of action, and it's it doesn't really put blame on anybody. It just tells the story. It doesn't have a political angle. Um, but yeah, then it's with tough his, to do with his Quiet Place movies, and then with the Tom Clancy series. Um, you know, he just I wouldn't say he aligns with the with my beliefs. He just I think he takes more of a neutral stance where there's no virtual signaling or there's no Hey, I'm gonna throw shove this shit down your throat. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, I respect him as a filmmaker. I'm I'm looking forward to that coming back. Um, finished the last episode of The Crown. I thought that was good. Watched the first half of the first episode of Harry and Meghan, which is fucking just ridiculously awful. Well, they're awful I, people. Well, and yeah. that that is what I expected, but it is such a puff piece, and. They do half of it in um, vertical video, which makes me want to kill them. <laughs> oh, they're you know they're. We need to take a stance as fifty, you know, fifty-year-old and almost fifty-year-old men of horizontal filmmaking with your telephone. Fuck this vertical film shit. <laughs> yeah, um, Survivor. Um, I watched the first twenty minutes of Clerks Three and could not get any further. I saw your I saw your post on Facebook. Could you please um tell us what what that post was? 
So um, I just saw that today too. So um, just I'm a big Kevin Smith fan from way back. Uh, Clerks used to be a person defining film for me, as far as like your opinion on Clerks really helped define how I felt about you as a person. And uh, you know he's went on, he's done other stuff, and his last film before this one was Jay and Silent Bob reboot, which was so bad. I watched the first 45 minutes. I could not finish it. And my post was, you know, I thought Jane silent Bob reboot was unwatchable. Here comes clerks three. Hold my beer. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's so unbelievably bad that it's hard to believe how bad it is. And then the last thing is I'm up to date with uh, sex lives of college girls. on HBO Max. How many episodes? Uh, I think it is, it's eight or 10. But how many have you watched? I've watched all of them. Oh, it's the whole thing is released. No, there's two episodes left. Oh, okay. All right. I, and it's, that's, that's a hate watch. Right? Yeah. It, it's, that's what it, it is. Not Avenue five hate watch, but it is damn close because there are shows like Seinfeld or it's always sunny where all the characters are bad people, mm-hmm. but it's an enjoyable watch. All the characters in this show are fucking terrible. Yeah. <clears throat> and especially one of them really, really pisses me off. Which one? Um, the one that is based on the actual creator of the series. Would that be the chick that creates her own comedy magazine or yes. the Yeah. Okay. Because she's she's a terrible person. And yeah. It, she she gave she gave six hand jobs at one party. And and then she was offended when some guy showed her porn and got him like fired from his job. Right. It is a thing where it's like, okay, if if this was a show that was guys that were doing this, it would be seen as this terrible thing. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah. Like yeah. I fingered six chicks at this party. Yeah. He would be an awful person. Right. But she celebrated. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. So uh-huh. moving on to I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. Three degrees for next week's movie, and I think I like it. So Doug already knows what this is, so see if you can guess what this film is, Joey. Bruce Willis plays John McClane in this week's movie. He plays, and we lost him, um, he plays William Rose Bailey in 2003's Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. John Cleese plays Mr. Monday in that film. Cleese plays Neville in next week's 1981 sequel. You there, Joey? I'm here. I missed okay. the first part. Well, I'll give you a hint. Um, there's enough <laughs> wool you can knit a sweater with this film. <laughs> is it wool or is it felt? Felt. Googly eyes. <laughs> a lot of googly eyes in this movie, Joey. And it's a sequel. Oh. I don't, I, no, I've got nothing. So Okay, so there's a movie that I was going to do, and I decided not to do it, and we did Battle Beyond the Stars instead. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to do this movie now that I know what this movie is. Okay. And this movie is uh, The Great Muppet, Muppet Caper. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? 
can't believe we're doing a fucking Muppet movie on the podcast. Okay, Matt, you have to tell me if there's ever been a, bod- a podcast about the great Muppet caper. Yeah, I'm sure are, there are, has been. Are, are we breaking ground here? Got a little bit of buyer's remorse. <laughs> do you? <laughs> a little bit. Do you? Yes, I do. Okay. And the, the, the one beauty of it is it is going to be a very short podcast because musicals do not lend themselves very well <laughs> to podcasts. Yeah. No. Yeah, I can see that. But um yeah. before yeah. we before we bring it on home, um first of all just say Joey, thank you very much for joining us. Yes. We will see you same bat time, same bat channel this year for Bill Murray's Scrooged. That's next year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but did I you said did this I say year. next year? You said this year. Oh, next year. Yes, next year for for Bill Murray's Scrooged. Okay, I'm going to need a Christmas shop this year. So I'm, I'm guessing I'm you have it. not seen Scrooge yet. No, I have. Okay, okay. With, with the same guy I saw Die Hard with. Mm. Same. I think it was the same night. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's it's an honor to be here, and and well, it's thanks, always Joey. fun. Thanks for joining us. I'm sorry if we we kind of you know talked over you a little bit. It's. You know, we had some technical issues, which we had to deal with, which I think we actually work through for the most part. It'll be somewhat seamless. Yeah. Yeah, Credit to you guys for that. But just frustrating Uh, for you, Joseph, that. uh, So, by the way, does anybody call does anybody call you Joseph? My first grade teacher did. Mrs. Rosinski. Was that a chair? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) I called that out last week. My actual name is Joey. And I had such I had such a fucking problem with it that my dad went to school and told her to stop fucking calling me Joseph. <laughs> so on your birth certificate it says Joey. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, my my name is Douglas. The only person who's ever called me Douglas is my fourth grade teacher, Sister Stella Marie, who we were so bad that she retired after us. <laughs> she went to go live at the like the the. The place where nuns go to die. Every every now and then somebody will throw out a Matthew and it'll throw me a little bit because I don't know if they're trying to like big time me or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. and it's one of the things when you like interview for jobs, for example, they'll say, well, which do you prefer? And honestly, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. But when I'm so used to people calling me Matt and then somebody – you know, trots out the Matthew. It is the whole parental thing. Your wife calls you Matthew on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. (laughs) That's why I'm glad I didn't go to Doug's house to do the podcast. so I didn't have to smell farts. My farts don't stink. The problem I have is I eat so fast that I bring in, suck in a lot of air. So when I (laughs) fart, it's just air coming out. It's my farts never stink. It's, it's amazing. Unless, hold on a second. I take that back. You might have COVID. (laughs) My PPFs, my PPFs stink. Do you know what a PPF is, Joey? Is that uh, it's a pre-poop no. fart. It's the fart that oh. you've got before you got to poop. So you got oh, yeah. you got a hot you got a hot load in the chamber, and there's air coming through, and it's making contact with that poop. And you're just trying to sneak it out, so you're not yeah. trying to shart. Yes, and it's and that <laughs> it, it picks up the stinky poop particles. So yeah, those stink. The PPFs stink, and I can tell with my kids. Um, you know, I'll be like, "Hey, you got to poop?" No, I'm like, "Dude, I can I can smell your PPFs, man. You got to poop." 
gross. Hey, having one kid is easy. Having two, having to juggle, you know, Matt, come on, you know, having to having to, to play man or zone defense, it's tough. I, I'm at the tail end, man. I'm. Oh, no, like, you are. You've got it easy. You've just you, you now. You just have to deal with. I'm four and a half months b- between b- between now and the, you know, new dealer. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. You now you My, just have to deal with your kid getting somebody pregnant. Well, they're 18. Yeah, but still, guess what? You're you're you can't be like, "Hey man, you're you're on your own. That's that's your problem, man. You 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 did this. You Do you know you how long hole? kids can stay in your insurance now? 26. It's fucking ridiculous. Hey, what well, we just went, we just literally just shopped on the market. And it fucking sucks because oh, yeah. you you go to are you you do this, Joey? Are you yeah, a, we have. And it's you go to the market, and it's like three companies that that are on the market, and it's the the options that you give you, not great, Bob. It's no. it's it's not. It's like okay, you've got an H, HMO. There's no such thing as a PPO. It's an EPO now, and it's it's you type in your doctors who you want, and it's like hey, three of six of your doctors are covered under this plan. Okay, awesome. And I'm and I'm shelling out a shit ton of money. Okay, so let's uh let's just table that whole thing. Table that? Yeah. Where did we get, where did, hey, you brought it up how many how long your kid can be on your insurance. So you know, I'm not blaming anybody. It's just a shitty program. And it's it they they make it way more difficult than it has to be. So Yeah. How long have you been on it, Joey? We're in and out of different coverage all the time. Are you? How come? Um, just to get better rates. Mm. And it's not me doing the work; it's my wife. Okay, yeah, because so I, I think I think once you lock in, it's like a year. You've you've got yeah. to be on that plan for a year. We're both self-employed, so she's always looking for what's best. Yeah, yeah. And it's not. There's not much that's that's what's best, is there? No. No. Yeah. High deductibles. Although, I mean, we went with the cold the gold program because, you know, we were on my wife's Cobra plan, which was two grand a month, and it's like, well, you know what? Let's just keep on paying this. This is what we're used to paying. And it's still it's it's okay. I shouldn't yeah. complain. But it's it'll be interesting to see what happens if when somebody gets sick. <laughs> You have to file a claim. Yeah. And that's, um, we just had, well, I just got my call to get my first colonoscopy, which I know you guys have talked about. Mm -hmm. So I have to schedule that and I'm going to do that next year because why not just get through this year? Although I don't want to get Kirstie Alley'd. No, I mean, no. the colonoscopy is not going to save you from that. I mean, you've got the ass cancer at this point. <laughs> it's not going to save you much anyway. Yeah. yeah. And we've already had, we, we've had, a, there's a blood test out there that yeah, you, you can get have the done. Precursors, yeah. Oh, is that where you shit in the box? No, no. They take blood. It, it, it does the, the markers for if you have rectal or rectal anal cancer. Okay. And we all, we came up all clean. Okay. Well, but, from what I'm, from what I understand, I'm understanding and, and, you know, there's some things going on in our family. Like the HPV um, virus is they're they're finding that it's it is c- 
contributing to a lot of different cancers. Yep. Yep. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So especially in women, yeah. Yeah, and men. I mean, it's it's look at the look at Michael Douglas. Nom 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 nom. <laughs> so you can get it from women. Oh yeah, eat suspect oh, yeah. box. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Does she yeah. shave? I don't Ooh. think it has anything to do with it. I, cancer no, it is not is not like carried in hair. <laughs> <laughs> There's the tagline. We, the, so, as we know so far. Well, well yeah. you know things could change. Anyway, anyway, here we are. Here we are creeping way over four hours. Yeah, it's a big podcast. It's diehard. I knew it was gonna be long. So yeah. Well, yeah. actually, this okay. You guys have fucking talked about your shit. I'm gonna just bring this up at the tail end. I could not remember what it was called. I was saying season eight is a murderer's row, but what did you call it, Doug? Season eight? No, of- because season eight has Empire. It has uh-huh. uh, Die Hard. It has Khan. I mean, it has been a murderer's row, but you called it something else. I could not remember what it was. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I honestly, I don't. Okay, just take us home. Well, it was was that was that like a lead into a joke that I was supposed no, to tell? No, you kept on. You could not come up with murderer's row. You were calling it something else, like a what cavalcade or or a cavil a cattle car. Yeah, cattle car. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cavalcade, isn't it, or is it a cattle car? I don't know. No, it's We've... cavalcade, but cattle car is what you said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cavalcade We've... is right. All right. All right. Hey, thank Joey. Thanks again for being here. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thanks, uh, guys. Thanks for it, man. If you've tagged along this long and talked to us, listened to us talk about medical insurance and ass cancer and HPV and <laughs> I Michael Douglas punch out. I mean, come on, fuck! It's some you of the best. Michael Douglas's punch out, punch out. Okay. Michael Douglas punch out. I mean, some of our some of our best shit comes at the end. So thanks for for being here for that. Um, you want to reach out to the show? This entire podcast, I've been catching an echo of myself too. By the way, I don't know. Matt, if you if you could fix that now, that would be great. Yeah, I'll fix that in post. Okay, hopefully it won't come up. In it won't the actual. Um, but yeah, reach out to the show Betamax Rewind at yahoo.com. Like us on Facebook. Send us a message. Comment on Matt's um posts that he does that Doug is <laughs> supposed to do. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. What is what what what. <laughs> But hey. <laughs> a little Travolta again. <laughs> Jesus, this is so weird. It's but been hey. a long time. It's been a long time since I've had three beers on the podcast, and I'm in, I'm in the three surly furious IPAs, which are a little bit higher octane. Feel a little good right now. Um, Where are you at, Matt? What the what was that? So your was your vibrator? <laughs> you I'm on five. It? That's you, Doug. Wow, five. Yeah. Um, um, I'm I'm eleven in. Eleven. Jesus in. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> There's another one. Okay, just end it. End it. End it. Uh, uh, rate re- rate review where you get your po- wherever you get your podcast. Are you doing your your uh? You got your hand in your your armpit? No, it's it's a pooter tutor. A pooter tutor. Yeah. Is that where you stick your fingers into like the slime or something? No, it's a little it's, it's a toy that makes farts with your hand. Oh, okay, have you guys watched those videos of people with the fart machines like walking through Central Park? No. Oh god. Watch those. 
The kids and I watch those. They're fucking hilarious. Just this guy walks through and he's just, I mean, sometimes they're very subtle. Sometimes he'll be like, air raid. And he'll just, and just the reactions of these people. Most times there's no reaction until like five seconds later, they just start cracking up. Um, anyway, where was I? Rate review where you get your podcast. Join us. I, man, I don't know if we're going to be able to do it this week. I haven't even watched the Muppets. It's short. Shouldn't be a Great lot of work. Um, but uh, if you don't see us or hear from us, have a have great, a great fucking Have a great fucking Christmas. <laughs> Joey, are you still going to town with that? Yeah, yeah that's the thing. So, uh, once again, thank you, Doug. Thank you, Joey. Everybody have a great Christmas and holidays if we do not hear from you. But we'll be back next for The Great Muppet Caper. Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bedford Falls. <laughs>